Hello all and welcome back to the show. I'm Chance Ellison. And I'm Russell Howe. And at long last, we are back. It's been a while since we've recorded one of these episodes. Yeah, I, I almost thought we needed to introduce each, each uh, other to each Introduce one itself to each other, I'm trying to say. A little like even talk. Oh, you're such a, it's been so <laughs> trying to get that pun out. You're really trying hard to get that pun out. It's a long way to walk for a joke. <laughs> yes. Uh, and I I, uh, I was mugged on the way to the end of that punchline, so yes. <laughs> uh, but yeah, this is, this is uh, well, we're going to become back again weekly now that we got our feed restored and back in order. Uh, weekly show where we come in and talk about all things movies, sometimes TV. I say sometimes because we used to do, what we used to do is Russell used to watch Game of Thrones, and he is. Uh, I'm gonna take go. a wild guess. You've not watched a new episode in a long time, <laughs> dude. I've been MIA, dude. It's like yes, uh, yes, you have. one day. I'm telling you what, I, I do want to get back into it because I feel like I I've been staying off of the grid with like you know spoilers and stuff like that, and I just yeah, just I really haven't uh, just really haven't had the desire to go watch anything yet. I, I got to get I got to get I got to make it happen. Some quality TV right there. I'll tell you that. At least in, at least that, until the last season. Well, see, that's what I hear. So then, like, it, it makes me wonder because a lot of people have said, you know what, where you're at now, it's like it gets good, but then it's like don't even bother because it's like it's all for naught. So it's like, well, that just really kills my wanting and you know what I mean to go I, actually I still, keep watching I still say, it. I still say you should watch it just because those first seven seasons are so great. And okay. And even like the even the last season has some it has some redeeming factors to it. Like all the cast is still doing well. It still, for the most part, looks pretty good. Yeah. I, yeah, I, I think uh, there's a lot of work went into that show that I think, despite the fact the last season isn't isn't all that great, yeah. you sh- you should check out you should check out the show regardless. Yeah, I'll have to get back into it eventually. Uh, I'll surprise you one day. One one day. <laughs> Until then, we have our usual segment. Oh, first of all, we have our usual segments. Uh, first of which is tra- is the trailer talk. Uh, so we there look we haven't done this in a long time so there have been a lot of trailers to come out over the past. <laughs> we could make a whole episode of just we, trailers. We, we literally could. We could. He could if he wanted yeah. to. Yeah. Um, but what we decided to do was uh, I decided to take ten trailers that I think we should talk about because they're well picks of like my favorites and probably the biggest ones to come out. Yeah. In the past few weeks. Uh, so first one we're gonna be talking about this is the only TV trailer we have to talk about right now, and that is the trailer for the. Disney Plus show, The Mandalorian. This is a this is going to be the first show to premiere on Disney Plus. It will be the first episode will be available on launch day. It's not going to be like it's not going to be like Netflix where they drop like the whole season all at once. It's going to be weekly, which I think is a smart idea. Yeah, and uh, yeah, it's, it follows a Mandalorian warrior navigating the criminal underworld of the Star Wars universe. So, uh, Russell, what did you what did you think about the trailer for The Mandalorian? I liked it. Um, you know what? You know, obviously, you know, Mandalorian armor, Boba Fett, uh, very symbolic with one another. But this obviously isn't about Boba Fett. Nonetheless, it's still about a bounty hunter. I, I still think it's really cool. Um, it really does. It really does transport you back into the Star Wars galaxy. And I think Disney Plus is smart with the one a week um, episodes, just because it doesn't get oversaturated. Like you can't just binge watch it and be like, "Up, oh, well, we're done." You know what I mean? This makes you want the next episode, that that hunger for the next episode. You know what I mean? So I think that's a smart um, smart plan on Disney Plus's side. But yeah, I'm looking forward to this. I think it looks really good. I really do. Um, it didn't give away too much. It gave you just the right amount. Yeah, I think that this is going to be one of like their flagship things, especially because it's from D23, which I was at and we'll talk about later. Um, but yeah, I think that this, this show looks 
really good and like really different. It's like we're getting like a different side of Star Wars universe. Yeah, I mean, the cast looks awesome. I love the way it's shot. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I, I think this could be a really interesting show. And yeah, I'm definitely I'm definitely gonna watch this like at least two or three times on the day of launch because I'm already I'm already signed yeah. up for the service. Yeah, it does really look good. Yeah, I, I cannot wait for this show. But maybe the most anticipated thing for me coming out of Disney Plus. Well, right, well, right now, maybe, maybe ever, because I think the show looks pretty badass. And yeah, uh, it debuts on Disney Plus the launch day, November twelfth, two thousand nineteen. All right, so uh, now we go to the actual movies. Uh, first show we're gonna be talking about is for a movie called The Report, also known as The Torture Report. This movie, best <laughs> I can, best I can describe this movie. This is the biggest fu to Zero Dark Thirty ever made. Yeah, <laughs> movie which I liked, but it has some scenes that should make me uncomfortable, but. Uh, this movie stars Adam Driver, John Hamm, uh, Annette Bening, and it pretty much shows like, like I said, it shows the backside of Zero Dark Thirty because uh, it shows like the the other side of the government, the show's side that the torch, the torturous side, and you're know, kind of like the struggle to bring that to light and struggle like to not bring that to light. Yeah. Uh, directed by Scott Z. Burns, this is his directorial debut. The guy wrote *The Born Ultimatum*, uh, *Contagion*, *Side Effects*. The dude's, dude's a really solid writer. He's one of Soderbergh's guys, because Soderbergh's also a producer on this. Yeah. Uh, so, Russell, what do you think about the trailer for the report? Yeah, kind of how you said. It does kind of play a little FU2, a Zero Dark Thirty, but it. Um, I was on board with it. I think it's really fascinating. It's one of those things where, you know, during the trailer you get the uh, little uh, shot of where they were talking about, you know, they waterboarded this guy like 150-plus times to try to get information out. So it's, it's really barbaric and crazy that, you know, we as a country – took those extreme, you know, measures to tr- try to get information out of terrorists and stuff like that. It's really crazy if you think about it because when you think waterboard, you think, oh, yeah, just a couple times, but not not to that extent like that. That's really crazy. Um, and we have, you know, a reporter, Adam Driver, who wants to, you know, talk about it almost kind of like it's from what I gather, like almost like whistleblow, tell the truth about what, you know, what really happened. You know what I mean? Just to make it look like that we aren't this perfect country that I think, you know, we portray ourselves to be, you know what I mean? Um, I, that's just from what I gather off of it. Um, I'm, I'm fascinated by it. I really am. Um, just to see a different side of that. Cause I really liked zero dark 30. So too. this is kind of on pace with it. Um, yeah, I, I'm looking forward to it. And Adam driver's really been crushing it with some serious roles lately, obviously with black Klansman. He was pretty good in Logan lucky. So this will be uh, another good undertaking for Adam driver. Yeah. I think also for me, like, uh, yeah, Adam, Adam Driver, I think, is one of my favorite. He's one of my favorite actors working right now. I think the dude's he's always doing something really interesting. He's, I think, the highlight of the new Star Wars movies for me. I think Kylo Ren is, and his portrayal of him is really, is really awesome. Mm-hmm. And yeah, I think like that supporting cast. It's just one of the ones coming out of Sundance that where it killed that I was really looking forward to. And yeah, I, I cannot wait to see this movie. Yeah, uh, it does look really good. Comes out uh, November fifteenth. 2019 so just around the corner uh up next we're talking about is for one that i didn't i didn't know we'd ever get but we it was shot it's coming we are gonna get it and that is bad boys for life life russell mama's house for life Life. oh jesus (laughs) (laughs) uh so yeah uh like like the title suggests this is the third okay not like the title would suggest because bad boys for life sounds like the fourth one 
which which they, if they would make a fourth one, Bad Boys, the number four life would have been a perfect, uh, <laughs> you know, would have been perfect for this. But they they ruined that already. Yeah, they they they, they really dropped the ball on this title. Yeah, uh, this is the next installment in the beloved Bad Boys series, starring Will Smith and Martin Lawrence. This one not directed by Michael Bay, but directed by two foreign directors. You, I'm gonna struggle. Adil Arbi and Bilal Falal, oh Falah. This is very, very similar. <laughs> very, very too many syllables. Too many syllables. <laughs> too many a sounds. Oh boy! But yeah, this is an, this is another is another v- adventure with with our two favorite cops. Uh, this time they're taking down a Romanian mob boss. That's different. Uh, <laughs> whose bro- whose brother they apparently took out, and he seeks retaliation. Uh, also, also during the casting of Vanessa Hutchins, Alexander Ludwig, <laughs> Russell Singer, also who. Joe, Joe, Joey Pants, he's back in the movie. Oh, you gotta have Joey Pants. And of course, the man himself, DJ Khaled, is in the movie, apparently. DJ Khaled! D- DJ Cabbage up in here! Well, well, you know he's definitely gonna be on the soundtrack. Oh, you oh, you know it. Yeah, that's, a, that's a surefire victory right there. That's gonna happen. Between him and Will Smith, we got the soundtrack on lock, but what do you think of the Absolutely. trailer? Uh, yeah. Uh, I mean, it's gonna be okay. Uh, we really see how time has treated both Will Smith and Martin Lawrence. Will Smith looks <laughs> tremendous, looked great for his age. And then you got Martin Lawrence, who looks like hey, he's, he's look, getting... He still looks good for his age, but yeah. He looks good for his age, but listen, let's put let's be honest with you. The 17 years, I think, what, 03 was Bad Boys 2, if I'm not mistaken? Yes. Um, 17 years, uh, we can... Uh, yeah, he's definitely been... Uh, been hitting a vending machine a couple times, but, <laughs> but nonetheless, uh, look, looking forward, looking forward to it. Listen, whatever you do on your the last seventeen years, it is what it is. It's great. Um, yeah, I, I'm kind of bummed that Bay isn't directing this. Um, I really think he would have really, you know, put wrapped this up in a nice little bow uh, for the uh, trilogy. Um, we'll see how these other two guys do. Um, yeah, this is something that I'm like, eh. It is what it is. I mean, I'm not like overly excited for it. I'm gonna go see it just because I've seen the other two. I enjoy the other two films, but this one isn't just. This wasn't something that we really, really needed, you know. Yeah, I mean, this is the one movie I wanted Michael Bay to make, and we'll talk about the one he's actually doing in a bit. The one movie I wanted him to make, he's not doing. Yeah, it. yeah, he does all the things that you don't want him to do. Exactly. Like. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I think this looks. It looks like another fun romp. I mean, look, yeah, I mean, look, that, that's that's all. It's, that's all. It's I, I love to do. the fir- yeah. I love the first two Bad Boys movies, but they're not. They're Me not, too. They're not good movies. No, let's, they're let's, far let's from honest. good movies. Let's Don't tell Josh McCuga that, but still, they are far from good movies, though. Seriously, but the, they're entertaining action flicks. So, and that's all. That's all they set out to be. That's, 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 Michael, be, that's what yeah. they. That's what they accomplished. Yeah. So yeah, uh, yeah. I mean, I will absolutely see a third Bad Boys movie. Plus, I think I think the dynamic between Will Smith and Martin Lawrence, they're like. <laughs> stretch. They're kind of like the, uh, the what am I thinking? I think of the Riggs and Murtaugh of their time, except they're both black. Yeah, yeah and, and even so, you could even go. Uh, I'll even go with the Forty Eight Hours with Nolte and Murphy. But like, what I what I mean that by that is like they're two guys who they inject heart, they inject humor, and they have they inject they they elevate anything they're in. So I think even yeah, if even if this yeah. movie's bad. The two of them will at least make it watchable. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. So I think we have that to look forward to. And <laughs> look, Martin Lawrence, what have you been doing the past 17 years? The dude has made enough content to the point where he does not have to work anymore. 
dude, I get it. Between the first, I get it. Between Literally, the first, sit back and eat, between the first Bad Boys movies, between the first two Bad Boys movies, Martin and the Big Mama's House films, which are <laughs> peak cinema right there. He does not have oh. to work anymore. So. He does. He, clearly, he does not. <laughs> uh, <laughs> we're sorry, Martin Lawrence. Uh, I'm done. <laughs> I like Martin Morris. I, I, like I do too. I do too, man. I, like, I don't want to sit there. And, I'm just going to all hate on Martin Lawrence. What did Martin Lawrence ever do to you? Goddamn shit. Dude, man, I remember Martin Lawrence from House Party for oh, Jesus. old school. Remember, he was their friend. Yeah. I remember, with the, I he remember wore Martin that top and, hat or whatever, that hat. I remember Martin Lawrence in Blue Streak. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it's another one I'm sure we'll have to review at some time. Uh, that'll be interesting. But yeah, Bad Boys for Life is set for a January 17th. 2020 release so happy new year <laughs> bad boy. happy new year uh next year we're talking about speaking of michael bay the one he's actually doing six underground this is okay bear with bear with me people because this is gonna be <laughs> try try not to laugh while i'm explaining this premise uh six billionaires form a vigilante squad after faking their deaths in order to take down notorious criminals how? When? Why would they do this? I have no idea. But it features a cast, but it features a cast that features uh, Ryan Reynolds as number one, who literally just called one. How original. Uh, Melanie, Melanie Laurent, who you may recognize from Inglorious Bastards. Manuel Garcia's Ruff, Rolfo, who you may recognize from The Magnificent Seven. Adriana Arjona, I don't know who that is, but apparently she's in Pacific Rim Uprising, and she's going to be in the Jared Leto Vampire movie over at Sony, so good for her. Oh, yeah. Corey Hawkins, who you would recognize from Kong Skull Island and Straight Outta Compton, and Ben Hardy, who you would recognize as he was Roger Taylor in Boom Rhapsody, the drummer, Roger Taylor. Uh, yeah, Roger Taylor. Okay, yes. So they play they play the six that go underground, directed by Michael Bay, debuting on Netflix on December thirteenth, twenty nineteen. Russell, what do you think of the trailer? Holy special effects! Um, this, I can't, I'd love to know the budget for the special effects for this Netflix film. You want to know the budget of this film? Oh, I can't wait to hear it. But this movie budgeted at a hundred and fifty million dollars. Jesus God! I, wow, for a Netflix film, does that beat? Because uh, what I think wasn't uh, yeah, Bright one. I think of the ones Bright was the most, highest budget at the time. I think this, this that this oversees it, doesn't it? I I would be shocked if it didn't. Yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll I mean, fact check that. Yeah, I mean, this the movie looks, I mean, it's a typical Michael Bay film. It's wowing you with special effects. Um, yeah, it's going to be a mindless action film. I think um, it's going to wow you, like I said, with the special effects. Uh, Ryan Reynolds will add the comedic relief to it, which I think is great because he's funny in usually everything he does. He looks, again, to bring that comedic aspect uh, of his career into this film. Um, I just think the premise is kind of stupid. Oh, uh, uh, it's, it's 100% it, stupid. If, if, if I'm a billionaire, uh, I'm just going to go ahead and just like live in my mansion and not have to worry about uh, trying to fight vigilante. Just, be a vigilante. just sitting on yeah, your you yacht know I mean? like, yeah. and you get yourself, you know, you know it would be fun if we stop oh, yeah. crimes. Yeah, it's like let somebody else do that, man. I'm, I'm rich and I'm just going to stay in and, and just watch the world unfold. You know what I mean? So that's kind of a little bit of a silly uh, premise. Uh, hopefully, maybe it, it, I can't see them explaining it to where it would sound uh, like, oh, yeah, that, that makes sense. It, it really doesn't make sense. So, so I, I, I did fact check yeah. this. I did fact yeah. check this. This does pass bright as I believe I Netflix's highest highest budgeted movie. As soon as I saw the trailer, like as soon as I saw that it was Michael Bay and it was on Netflix, I was like, "This is gonna." I, I was pretty sure that this would supersede that. This is them. gonna cost a pretty penny. Oh, for sure. I will say it does keep Michael Bay's talent for shooting literally everything and anything like it's porn. Yeah. 
Like, he, he, look, he, he makes things look sexy. I'll give him that. <laughs> it looks good. Don't get me wrong. It, it looks good for a Netflix film. It, it, it looks good. I'm not going to lie. Yeah. And, but, um, yeah, it's pretty much what I expect. I mean, I'm glad Michael Bay is not punishing us with another Transformers movie. Because yes. that would, that'd be really cruel. Yes. Uh, but, yeah, this looks <laughs> as dumb as I mean, this looks. Yeah. I, yeah. I am going to see it just out of sheer curiosity. Yeah. Absolutely. And yeah, like I said, Second Underground debuts de- December 13th, 2019. So uh, a little Christmas present from your good old Uncle Michael Bay. Yep. Uncle Mike, always uh, always thinking about us. Uncle Mike. Uh, next show we're talking about for one that I think looks as equally stupid. And that's just me talking. Maybe you'll feel a little different. Uh, it's a trailer for Birds of Prey. And the, I already knew what you were talking about yeah, before you Yeah, you knew where I was going, wasn't I? All right, and as soon as you said equally stupid, I'm like, yep. Yeah, okay. Uh, That's where we're going. Birds of Prey and the Emancipation Proclamation Declaration Dedication. Uh, This is a movie based on the DC property of the same, kind of the same name. The title isn't that long. I don't even know why they even had the subtitle. We're we're only going to call it Birds of Prey, but I get it. you got to put Harley Quinn in there somewhere. Yeah. Uh, But this is, after the event of Suicide Squad, Harley Quinn has left the Joker. Good, good to know we saw that off screen, unless Jared Leto's in this movie, in which case, ugh. Oh, uh, boy. When a young girl named Cassandra Kane comes across a diamond belonging to a crime lord, Black Mass, we played by Hugh McGregor, Harley forces is forced to join forces with Black Canary, Huntress, and Renee Montoya. So, okay, look, I'll start. This, this is a combination of things that make me not want to see something. <laughs> First of all, the look of this, the look of this is obnoxious. It needs riddling. Yeah. It, needs to, yeah. it needs to slow down. For sure. Yeah, like it's, it's, it's just like it's just way too. It looks like Suicide Squad Part Two in the worst yeah, possible it, ways. It's exactly what it looks like. Although, look, I I like the trailer for Suicide Squad. I didn't like the movie. Maybe since I don't like the trailer for this, I'll it'll like, switch it out. Yeah, on maybe you. I'll like yeah. the movie this time. Uh, Margot Robbie, who look, I, I mean, I I like in the role. I'm not like Gaga over her as many as a lot of people are. Like a lot of people love her portrayal, and I think she's I think she's fine. Um, I, I like Mary Elizabeth, Mary Elizabeth Winstead, who plays Huntress in the movie. I like, yeah. uh, you know, the the sister of the race trader, uh, Journey Journey Smollett Bell, uh, Je- Je- Jesse Smollett's sister. If you, in case you didn't know, <laughs> yeah, I got you. Also, also a Friday Night, Friday Night Lights fan. In case you didn't recognize her, oh yeah, Texas uh, Forever, <laughs> Texas Forever. You also got uh, Ro- uh, Rosa Perez, who look, I think she's a talented actress, but I cannot stand to listen to her. For long periods of yeah. time, uh, see white men can't jump. Oh, and Jesus. Then you, yeah, and you, then you'll no, get you it. understand why. My, yeah, I, I love white men can't jump, but she is the I worst part of that movie. For Billy, me. Billy. Yeah, or, yeah. or we'll just, watch the yeah. or watch the entire season one, or I should say the entire series because it didn't get picked up. The entire series of Rise, which she was on, and she, ugh, it's oh, a terrible show. Boy. Yeah, and uh, yeah. So, Russell, what do you think of the trailer for? Kind of had to echo what you said, man. Uh, Margot Robbie, I really do enjoy. I really think she is a you know a pretty good. Um, I can't, I'm just completely blanked right now. Harley, Harley Quinn. Quinn, and um, I don't know. I just I I like I like her. She puts a lot of energy into the role. Um, it's gonna be interesting to see you and McGregor in this type of role too. Um, but it also looks you know? like it also looks like I don't know if he's playing Black Mask because he he does not yeah. have the titular Black Mask. Yeah, so I, I'm not quite sure where we're going with all this, but yeah, I do like Margot Robbie as Harley Quinn. Don't get me wrong. Um, yes, it's probably better that she left the Joker because of his bad acting from Suicide Squad. I'm sure maybe that's why. I'm sure that's the um, But yeah, I mean, 
again, it's dark. It has that Suicide Squad vibe to it. So, I mean, I'm not really hoping for much in this film. I'm, I'm, I'm just going to go in with the you know bottom of the barrel type of anticipation for the film. Might be pleasantly surprised. Who knows? Uh, Margot Robbie obviously does commit to it. She does give her all in these types of films. So we'll see how this goes. But yeah, to me, am I looking forward to it? Not so much. Am I going to go see it? Yes, probably, though. It, I, I am excited to see that they have the, you know, she finally has the hyenas, which I do yeah. think, which I do think are real hyenas because apparently you can train those things. Well, then I'm kind of curious to see what they do with the, um, with the uh, post and uh, after credits scene to see if they set up anything else moving forward with them. Oh, also, apparently in this world, because it's the same DC universe, because as we as we now know, the DC universe is way too successful to fail or to restart at this point. Yeah, you should have you should have scrapped this all after the first Suicide Squad. Right? I mean, they, now it's too literally, late. they they had an out, and then Aquaman came, and then Shazam, like Wonder crap, Woman came. Wonder Woman. Now we're we're locked into this thing. Now we're, we're too deep. <laughs> Got to keep we, going. We did, we, we did it. We 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 did it. So now we have to ride it out. No, now we got to now we got to commit. God damn it! All right, well enough. <laughs> Uh, yeah, I mean, I think it just looks, it just looked loud, looked loud and crazy, but with none, with none of the care. Like, look, like Thor Ragnarok is a loud, crazy film. Yeah, but at the same time, it has, it has, a, it has a certain like finesse. It has a certain way about it where it is a smart kind of crazy, and also it has characters you do care about. Yeah, for sure. Like, because like I, I don't care about anybody in this movie. Like, Har- Har- like Suicide Squad did not make me care about Harley Quinn, and these are all brand new characters. <laughs> Yeah, like imagine if Thor started off with Thor Ragnarok. How jarring would that be? Yeah, you wouldn't. I mean, there's yeah, there's no characters you can attach to because they're already you know. I mean, you, you haven't been you haven't spent time with them. So yeah. I'll, I'll be honest. The selling point of this movie for me is the fact that Ali Wong is apparently in it, and I think Ali Wong is hilarious. Yeah. So I do I do want to see what she's doing in this whole thing because she's not in the trailer, but her name's in it. So that's you know that's a thing. Uh, so yeah, Birds of Prey. That'll be the first superhero movie of 2020 coming out in February. Seventh. So you know, good, good, good old Valentine's Day gift. <laughs> uh, so next show I'm talking about right now is for another one from 2020 that I'm sure I'm looking forward to, uh, and that is Guy Ritchie's The Gentleman, formerly called Tough Guys, which I do kind of wish they kept that title. I do think that's a better title than The Gentleman. Yeah. Uh, this is a British crime movie. In which a in which a British drug dealer trying to sell their business to, uh, of course, in a southern drug dealer. <laughs> or well, I'm sorry, I, I, I'm I'm misquoting that. A a in an American uh, marijuana an American marijuana dealer played by Matthew McConaughey has created a marijuana <laughs> empire in London. Shocker! Shocker! Not sure how that works out, but okay. Uh, when, and word gets out that he's looking to cash out his business, it triggers a bunch of crazy things going on around him. Uh, movie also features Charlie Hunnam, Henry Golding, Jeremy Strong, Eddie Marsan, Colin Farrell, and Hugh Grant. Russell, what do you think of the trailer for the gentleman? I mean, you get the guy Richie vibe when you watch it. Um, kind of crazy to see Hugh Grant leading this uh, charge. This will be kind of interesting. I do like Hugh Grant. Um, he disappears. He comes in, and comes and goes in different spurts. I think hey, Paddington, Paddington too was the last time. Put him we- back on the map. <laughs> I think Paddington 2 really uh, catapulted Hugh Grant back into stardom, I should say. And Colin Farrell always seems to be doing these side side gigs and stuff like that. Good to see him doing some stuff. Henry Golding, obviously, ever since Crazy Rich Asians oh, he, he, and Simple Favor, right really begin really begin a lot of work. Charlie Hunnam is just Charlie Hunnam, uh, kind of boring. 
But uh, the film, I mean, it's a typical Guy Ritchie film. I, I'm interested to see how these guys all kind of mesh on the screen together. Um, I'm hoping that it's okay. I have really low expectations for this film. I didn't think the the, uh, the trailer really sold me. Um, yeah, so we'll see what happens. It's one of those films where, you know, Guy Ritchie's either hit or he's like way missed. There's never a there's mediocre never, never Guy Ritchie film. Yeah, and I'm thinking this, this doesn't look that good, but I'm curious because of the talent you have with it. Like I'm saying with McConaughey, Grant, Farrell, and Golding. Charlie Hunnam's just kind of just there. But, uh, yeah, we'll see. Yeah, I mean, I think I think with this, I'm looking more forward to it because it was, this was like the most Guy Ritchie movie since maybe Snatch. Because it looks like, it feels like yeah. he's getting back to his roots. Because you look at like his career. He's, he's, he's not trying to do something that he's not clearly cut out like Aladdin or like King Arthur. King Arthur. You know what I mean? Yeah. King Arthur, you, you and I really liked it, though. So, I mean, yeah, like. I, we, we like it more than most. Yes, and and that's that's saying that's not saying too much because a lot of people really hate that movie. Um, I wasn't on the camp of that. I, I kind of I thought it was okay. I didn't see the unnecessary hate for it. And Aladdin pretty much was. I think they really took the Guy Ritchie aspect out of it. He was just a name on the director's uh, thing. I don't think really it was. He had already. He already knew what to go by. You know what I mean? It couldn't. It, they couldn't let him be himself in this film. You know what I mean? Uh, for Aladdin. So that really didn't feel like a Guy Ritchie film. Yeah, I mean, like, like it looks like Guy Ritchie getting back to what? Yeah, I really liked about what like a lot of us really like about Guy Ritchie. Yeah, it's his British crime abilities, mm-hmm. despite the fact that the main character is apparently from Alabama. <laughs> <laughs> but neither here nor there. Neither here nor there. Uh, but yeah, I think the cast looked interesting. I thought the, I thought the trailer actually looked pretty looked pretty fun. Yeah, um, I mean, I'm looking. I'm looking forward to it because I want to see. I want to see Guy Ritchie make another Guy Ritchie movie. No, and I do too. And I'm kind of glad that yeah, the, the the gentleman is actually you know going to be his type of thing as opposed to like Aladdin and uh, King Arthur. So this will be fun. This will be good to see him kind of back in his own element and see how this goes. But like I said, overall, just wasn't one of those things that I'm not 100 percent sold on yet. Maybe another trailer will do it. Well, either way, maybe let's bring the reconnaissance back from the dead. <laughs> Hell yeah. Uh, and this movie is set for a January twenty fourth, twenty twenty release. Uh, say, say the best ones for last on this list. Uh, first of which is let's talk about the trailer for Richard Jewell. Uh, so Richard Jewell is a story is a movie based on a true story of Richard Jewell that was nineteen ninety was ninety six Olympics. Yeah, yeah, ninety six Atlanta Olympics. Yeah, the bombing in the nineteen ninety six Atlanta Olympics, which I, th- which I think my grandparents were at. If I'm not mistaken. Wow. Uh, um, but yeah, so this is a, it's a whole story about this guy. He's, he was a security guard who he, he went in a backpack and found a pipe bomb. Uh, yeah. And, you know, he was hailed as a hero, but then the public just completely flipped on him. Yeah. Like 100%. And it, it's, it's, a, it's a case about how, like, the government and the media kind of just kind of just ruined this guy's life. Like, like sabotaged his life pretty yeah, much. Like, yeah. Like, be, being a hero absolutely ruined his life. Yeah, and it sucks because like he was just an everyday average Joe like you and I, but doing something you know good uh, really ruined his life. It tarnished his life. It was really it's kind of crazy. Yeah, I mean he, uh, the whole thing was because he, he fit the profile of what the what of someone who would bomb this thing. Yeah, even even after he was exonerated, like the damage is already done. His, his yeah. life was destroyed. Yeah, uh, this movie I was really looking forward to this movie because this movie was actually supposed to it was supposed to star Jonah Hill and be directed by Ezra Edelman. Who Ooh. he was one of the directors behind uh, OJ Made in America, which is one of the best docuseries I've ever seen. Okay, the, the thirty for thirty. You should, if you haven't seen it, go watch it. It's, okay, it's yeah, incredible. something I gotta check out. Um, but uh, yeah, I, 
that uh, was supposed to star Jonah Hill and Leonardo DiCaprio as the lawyer helps them navigate this whole thing. Uh, but they both since they both dropped, although they're both still producing this thing. Uh, it will not be directed by Clint Eastwood, and star uh, uh, Paul Walter Hauser, who he. His career's been on the come up recently. I, I Tanya, remember he was uh, the guy yeah. that he was with Margot Robbie and I Tanya. Yeah, ever since I Tanya, yeah, guy, the guy has been on the come up, and I think yeah, and I think the dude's a really talented actor, uh, really good actor. He, he will star as Richard Jewell. Sam Rockwell will star as the lawyer helping navigate all this. We also have Kathy Bates, John Hamm, and Olivia Wilde rounding out the cast, and with a December thirteenth, twenty nineteen release date. So they shot this real quick. Yeah, and, and but it's crazy. Clint would still put out content. And isn't he, isn't, he almost, isn't he almost ninety? He's almost ninety. The guy's in his. I think he's like eighty eight, eighty seven ish. He's still putting he, out content. That's crazy. Eighty nine years old. And he's still putting out stuff. That's amazing. I, I I do think that it's once again in this classic Clint Eastwood sweep, sweep the leg spot of the year. Yeah. Because like if, if this movie hits, this could. Because like he's he's famous for doing this shit for like like holding holding movies saying we're gonna release it in this year and yeah then he knows the very last possible fucking second saying you he know knows, we're gonna release dude. it late December. But you know what the the mule was really good that didn't get really any love but that was still yeah, I mean, a, a look, fine film I thought it's paid off two out of three times. Yeah, yeah. Because like it, million, it worked with million, million dollar, dollar baby, baby was a late release. That's like that that was like the biggest success he's had with this kind of tactic. The other yeah. one it got a lot of nominations not a whole lot of wins was American Sniper. Yeah, so uh, what do you think of trailer for Richard Jewell? I liked it. I, I I'm a big uh, proponent of Clint Eastwood's films. I really like his films. Uh, I know like the the fifteen seventeen to Paris. I think a lot of people didn't like. I liked it. I liked the fact that he didn't cast. He casted the people that it actually happened to, which I thought was kind of interesting and interesting route to go. Um, yeah, I'm on board with this one. Kind of how you said about the uh, the actor. He's I can't think of his name. Paul Walter Hauser. Yeah, Paul Walter Hauser. I think he ever since like how we said I Tony, he's really been on the on the rise. And um, I'm curious to see a little bit more about this backstory of this guy that went from hero to like just a tarnished uh, tarnished life after. Um, yeah. Not to mention, like if you look at pictures of pictures of real true jewel, it looks just it looks just he like looks him. just like the guy. Yeah, it looks exactly like him. Yeah, it's yeah, it's a really inspired casting choice on that on their part. And For sure. Yeah, um, I love the trailer. Also, I think I think it looks really yeah. awesome, and I can't wait can't wait to see it on in January because I know what they're gonna do. They're gonna release it. Limit, it's gonna be limited. Limited in release in December. And wide go release wide in January. January. Yeah, I, I know how the game is played. Typical Eastwood. All right. Uh, next, we're talking about is for um, you, know, you know we know you know how much we love to highlight a twenty four. This one is for I'm pretty sure it's a twenty four. I'd be I'd be shocked if it wasn't. Uh, this is the trailer for Uncut Gems. It is A24. That's what I thought. Okay. Yep. So this is a movie by uh, the Safdie brothers, jo- Josh and Benny, who they directed uh, Good Time, which is a fantastic movie if you haven't seen it. Um, and this stars, <laughs> bear with me, this stars Adam Sandler, wait, wait, uh, as a jewelry store owner and gambler who must find a way to pay off his debts. That I will say, look, look. Anybody who know who knows the show and knows me knows I'm not a big fan of Adam Sandler as a com- as a comedian. But I will say, this movie looks fantastic. He looks so good in this film. He I'm so glad. So to good. See, I'm so glad to see like another like punch drunk love for him almost, uh, where he really can just showcase the serious side of his acting abilities. Uh, this this movie does look fantastic, especially because the the buzz around this film is real. Um, they're they're talking, you know hopeful uh, potential Oscar nomination for this film. They said he's fantastic in this film. 
I'm really looking forward to this. Yeah, this movie's lighting festivals on fire. And, yeah, and, and I can't and wait everyone, to see this, man. Everyone is raving about how great Adam yeah. Sandler is, so I can't, I can't wait to see it. Definitely looking forward to it. Also features a cast that features uh, Idina Menzel, uh, Lakeith Stanfield, who I love as an actor, Judd Hirsch, uh, Kevin Garnett, who'll be playing himself. <laughs> KG? KG! Uh, yeah, I think this movie. I think this movie looks fantastic. And yeah, like, it, like I said, like I, I'm not a fan of Sandler's comedian. I do think he's a very talented dramatic actor. Yeah, I mean, but like, here's the thing: the, the I, he never adapted was the thing was the problem with his comedic. It was nothing against his comedy. I just think he wore it thin because he he went to the wishing well way too many times and did the same thing. You know what I mean? Well, yeah. Um, I, I that's that's not that... to underplay his comedic side, but I, I think it's just because he just over overindulge in the same thing over and over and over again. I think that's what really tried to wear his wear you know, wear his stay a little bit too thin, maybe. Yeah, I also think that because like his comedies recently haven't haven't been doing well. Like as far as like money so they, was. Uh, yeah, plus they've been going to Netflix. Uh yeah, like, you know, a lot they, of his not again, not discrediting Netflix. Netflix does put out, you know, they obviously, you know, had Roma. Um I'm not just sitting there saying it's not a legitimate, you know, Streaming service, but, but like to it's, me, it's when you used to light theaters on fire, man. You used to, I mean, Waterboy was huge. Um, Little Nicky was, I, I, which I really wasn't that big fan of, but that that movie did good. Click did great numbers. Big Daddy did big numbers. Like he was a he was a draw. Like, yeah, he was a he draw. Was, he was probably the number one comedic actor of the early two thousands. If, if I had to guess, yeah, because when when Jim Carrey kind of went off the grid is when uh, it's it was like, like almost Adam Sandler, Sandler picked, picked it the up. Slack. Yeah, he did because, you know, obviously, you know, you have the success of Carrie in the mid '90s, and then the 2000s kind of went off the deep end with like me, myself, and Irene, like '01, and then he really hadn't been anything. Uh, Bruce Almighty, I think, really helped his career in '03 or '04, whenever that was. Yeah, but either way, I think this movie looks fantastic. I absolutely cannot wait to see it. Was that the weekend that was singing in that song? Because I'm pretty sure it I was, saw Cameo by the weekend. Cause he, cause, yeah, because he's in the movie. Which made me even more excited because I'm a huge fan of the weekend. So I'm hoping really? we get well, some new material from the weekend. Looking uh, forward to that. If, if, I'm saying like, if he could, if he, if they could pull out a performance out of Sandler that's probably like that's like half as good as they got at Pattinson in Good Time. Then oh, then they're we're in yeah. retreat. We're in we're in good shape. So yeah, for sure, uncut gems. I'm assuming limited release December 13th, 2019. Either way, another Eastwood thing. Yeah. Wide release January. <laughs> imagining. Maybe, but either way, I can't wait to watch it. I'm really looking forward to that one. Uh, next year we're talking about is for another A24 film. This is Waves. So Waves is a coming of age film. It was originally reported to be a musical, but that's we found out that that is no longer the case. Uh, and it's pretty much just it's it's a family drama about uh, about you know these this couple, their parents, uh, uh, their their loved ones, just everything around them. Uh, feature features a cast that features a like Kelvin Harrison Jr., Lucas Hedges, Renee Lee Goldsberry, and Sterling K. Brown. Uh, it's directed by Trey Edward Schultz, who directed It Comes at Night, also very twenty four, which I know you weren't a big fan of, but I actually yeah. really enjoy that film. But what do you think yeah. of the trailer for Waves? I think it looks fantastic. I, I watched it. I'm like, oh my god! Like I could get the emotional feels to it. I mean, this movie has heart. You can feel it, and and you can feel the heartbeat of it, and, and when you're watching the trailer. I think it looks fantastic. I, I love what A24 usually does, what they put out. They usually put out good quality. Um, and this is it. This is one of those stories. And Lucas Hedges is always in these like independent films, I feel like. He really likes that indie side of things. I think he, um, he's worked with A24 a few times, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, I'm pretty sure. Yeah, because uh, what? It comes at night, I think, was Lucas Hedges was in that, wasn't he? No, he, no, he wasn't. He, <laughs> he was wasn't in, in that one? He, no, he was not in It Comes at Night. Although, Kelvin Harrison Jr., he, he was in that movie. 
Okay, I might, but, uh, might get him swapped up there. He was he was in Lady Bird, which is A twenty four. Lady Bird, that's right. Yep. He was in mid nineties, which is A twenty four. Yeah. I think Ben is back. My, no, Ben. He ben was he was in mid nineties too. He was the yeah, uh, brother. I, I, I said mid nineties. Oh, did you you cut yeah. out? I couldn't hear you. Okay, my bad. Uh, yeah, but yeah, like it's, he's he's clearly like making name for himself like the indie darling type guy. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, this film looks fantastic though. I think this is really. Um, I almost had like. I know it's a completely kind of different. It almost had like a moonlight vibe. I I, 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 I felt the exact same thing. I, I, okay, so then I'm not crazy. Okay, I completely yeah. Felt moonlight vibes out of this trailer, and that's why. Yeah, for sure. I love that. I think I think it looks fantastic. Yeah, I do too. This was one of my most. I was just this movie even when I thought it was a musical. I honestly, literally, had never heard of it until you literally put it on the uh, trailer list, which I'm glad you did because I have it like completely like circled and starred now. I, I have to see this film. Yeah, I I I got I got to see it now. I think it looks yeah. Great. Also, Sterling K. Brown, like he's he's carrying this trailer. I think like if this movie does hit in the way it's if, even if it hits like the way like Moonlight did, I think yeah. he, he's looking at a potential Oscar nomination. Yeah, for sure, I can I, see that. I, I think he's one of like the best up and coming actors working working right now. I, I love the guy and absolutely everything he's been in. And yeah, I can't wait to see his film on. Ooh, this one a little closer, November fifteenth, twenty nineteen. Oh, perfect. So hopefully it gets a, it's hopefully it gets a big release because I I'm, I'm dying to see it. Yeah, me too. And the last trailer we're talking about is for WB's Just Mercy. So Just Mercy is a movie. It's about uh, civil rights, not civil rights lawyer, but death row lawyer Brian Stevenson, played by Michael B. Jordan, as he tries to defend a wrongfully accused man, Walter McMillan, played by Jamie Foxx, for the murder of a white woman. Uh, this movie also features Rob Morgan, Tim Blake Nelson, Rafe Spall, O'Shea Jackson Jr., and is directed by Destin Daniel Cretton, who directed Short Term 12, and is currently doing Shang-Chi for Marvel. This movie was actually set for a January 2020 release, but uh, I had it after its premiere at TIFF at where it killed, it yeah. moved up to Christmas 2019. So it probably, like, again, East the Eastwood tactic. Go, Eastwood, man. Go, go limited during December, <laughs> and then go wide, and go wide January. January man. Yep. So, uh, Russell, what do you think of the trailer for Just Mercy? I thought this looked really good, too. I like the whole idea that they are starting like a legal service to pretty much kind of um, uh, represent inmates on death row. So what we're probably led to believe is Jamie Foxx is wrongfully convicted, obviously, kind of what I get from it. Because how I just like that scene where he said, you know, uh, basically saying the color of his skin was pretty much already a, a, a do in for him. You know what I mean? Pretty they much, got yeah. him and got him there in the first place. Um, I kind of like this idea, though, that Michael B. Jordan's a little bit, you know, tackling a serious role here. Um, it looks good. I, I really, I really like it. I'm hoping that what what they're going to probably unravel and see is that obviously Jamie Foxx's character was wrongfully convicted, and I think that's kind of how the how I see how that's going to go. But again, we've we've seen this film before, done before, so I, I don't know how this is going to go. But yeah, I'm looking forward to seeing this. Yeah, and also you look you look at like the. WB clearly has confidence in this film, just to to put in like a prime Oscar release date like that. Like yeah, I say, it 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 killed it. It killed it. Tiff got really rave reviews, and you, get, you look at that cast. You have Michael B. Jordan, who I think is an Academy Award caliber actor. Absolutely, uh, Academy Award winner Jamie Fox, Academy Award winner Brie Larson. You have Rob Morgan, who's a great actor. Tim, Tim Blake Nelson. This is, this has all the makings of like a big like Oscar push movie for Warner Brothers, which they do, which they do need, and they don't have. I think Joker is the best prospect right now, and that's not looking too good anymore. So, 
Uh, so yeah, I think this is, I think I'm definitely rooting for this film because I like everybody involved. So yeah, yeah, I agree. This this would this would be this would have been in my top ten most disappeared 2020 if it wasn't moved up to this year. So uh, definitely looking forward to that when it comes out. I will realistically come out in January, but when it come, when it when it you know makes its debut on Christmas 2019. And that's going to do it for trailers for us right now. So we now move on to movie news. Which same thing. I took the I pretty much took the biggest, uh, biggest stories, and we're going to be only going to talk about those. So, uh, well, biggest stories and some other ones, but I just think are like what. <laughs> so first one, uh, Marvel just wrapped the Infinity Saga. Uh, Spider-Man: Far From Home is currently out on Blu-ray, 4K, and all the good you know rays, Ks, you can get out there. Jays, oh, Jays, <laughs> Mays, Rays. <laughs> or, H- or, or or HD ble- hashtag blessed or uh, or you know maybe, maybe it's on HD D- maybe it's on HD DVD for uh, for you Russell because you invest you invested pretty hard in that <laughs> so you bring that up now uh, I, I I can never forget that I thought I uh, thought I t- told you that in confidence but thank you 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 did not you told me you told me on the air yes oh I did yeah well yeah you know hey. It was either it was a fifty-fifty shot, and uh, I always you went the wrong I always lose. I always lose. I always back the losers. So All right. it is but what it is. Either way, uh, <laughs> Marvel has announced the Infinity Saga box set. This will okay. feature all twenty-three Marvel Cinematic Universe movies, including a bonus disc and uh, collectible content. So, Russell, how much would you pay for this box set right here? Well, first off, I'm not going to pay because I'm not going to buy because I have them all. Uh, that's silliness. Um, but I could see them selling that between, I could see them selling that for like two, three hundred dollars. What would be uh, two, three hundred? You fucking high? No. <laughs> this, so get this box set, this collectible limited edition box set. You're going to be shelling out five hundred and fifty dollars. Oh yeah. We're, we're absolutely not going to be shelling that out. <laughs> Especially even more because I was, I was, I was being generous. Yeah. That's crazy. Now I will admit if I had, if I had the bread, I would absolutely drop a drop a dime for this. I mean, if I didn't have the movies on Blu-ray, I got like, I started. I'm trying to think what what was the first Blu-ray for the, I think Avengers. The first Avengers started me buying was, on, on Blu-ray. Okay, I think that was so the first Blu-ray have, we owned too. I have over half of them on Blu-ray. I would say. Yeah, so do I. Yeah, so it's it's pointless. It, it's stupid to do that. Yeah, but if you, if you don't have them, if you're waiting yeah. for this set, good luck. Because <laughs> like even look, I I have most of them. I don't I don't have all of them just yet. Working on it. I, well, I have them on. See, I have them on standard DVD. The other ones I don't have on Blu-ray. So I have the whole saga. It just doesn't. I don't need. I don't need a fancy collection for it. Right, but like, I think if you're like a big collector, then you're probably gonna. Yeah, 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 for sure. Uh, I think for the for the for the modern the standard man, I don't think this will be a. Don't this will be like a big priority? But it, like like I said, if I had the money, I would buy it, and I might. Yeah. I'm not sure, but who who knows? But I think it's I think it's a cool looking box set. I think it's a good like celebration type thing. I mean, it's a good idea for them to make more money. It's, it's, it's. They're not stupid by any means. I just, no, I feel like you know, investing and buying it twenty five, twenty five dollars at a time when they come out. It's like, yeah, it's like I already, I already have like uh, half the. I've already, I've Blu-ray. already committed. Let's, yeah, let's it's like I'm going. already there, man. I have like the other ones on standard DVD, which I'm fine with. It's not a big deal to me. Like I may go back and and rebuy like Iron Man. I think I would buy Iron Man on Blu-ray. Uh, I'm trying to even think the earlier ones, maybe. Uh, I don't even know. I, uh, Iron Man for sure. I don't know about the other ones. I like Incredible Hulk a lot too, so maybe that one. But that's really that's. I think that's really about it for that first half. Yeah. So I mean, if you if you have a lot of disposable income, there you go. There, there, there's yeah. your Christmas gift. 
Yeah, there's your yeah, there's your Christmas gift, guys. Put it on the list. All right. Uh, next, show we're talk- next show we're talking about right now is uh, well. Speaking of the MCU, let's talk about Martin Scorsese. <laughs> oh Jesus, transition. yes. Uh, so I, I, I and judging by the reaction, you definitely saw. You yes. definitely know what I'm talking about. So in case you don't, I'm sure you do. If, but... you, if you're friends with any of our friends on Facebook, you saw it. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but anyway, Martin Scorsese was in an interview recently because he's a producer on Joker, or an executive producer. And uh, he was about the MCU. This is, this is what he had to say. Uh, quote, I don't see them. I try, you know, but that's not cinema. Honestly, the closest I can think of them as well-made as they are with the actors doing the best they can under the circumstances is theme parks. It isn't the cinema of human beings trying to convey emotional, psychological experiences to another human being. Okay, now, first of all, I will uh, say... Look, let me, let, me, let me spell this out for you. Uh, you're asking Martin Scorsese... Yeah, that, that's the other thing too. Who is yeah. in? He, who is seventy six years old? <laughs> yeah, why won't you like these superhero movies? He's seventy six, been making movies since the early seventies. That's like me pushing my dad. Yeah, and, and has been making movies for for adults for basically his entire career, except for that one time he didn't he, with Hugo. Yeah, yeah. You asking about the Marvel Cinematic Universe? What do you think he's gonna say? Yeah, I mean that's it's it's to be expected. At least my dad though, my dad is a big uh, proponent of the Phantom Phantom movie. Um, we yeah. did see that in theaters back when it came out. B- Billy, Billy Zane, Zane Phantom. He, he's huge fan of. Yeah, he loves that movie. Wow. Yeah, loves that movie. Loves the Rocketeer. Yeah, he he's like old school like yeah, that. Yeah, that, that, that's a dad movie. Yeah, for sure. But he likes that. Like he he at least uh, keeps his mind open. I think Scorsese's just been working so much in the industry and stuff like that. I just think he's just tired of hearing about it because you realize like for the last 20 years it's pretty much superhero movies have ruled the box office you know what i mean oh yeah so i mean i i get it i think i think he pretty much thinks that it's worn out it's welcome um and i think that's why he's trying to downplay the success of of these marvel movies and just comic book movies in general you know now granted do i think do i, do I think this this statement kind of undermines the work that do, do I think the statement's kind of insulting to people who work really hard in these movies? Absolutely. Yeah, for sure. Just because, like, you have you have people like the Russo brothers, James Gunn, or like even Christopher Nolan, who put like their heart and soul into these films. Yeah, Favreau, everybody. Yeah, Favreau, and anybody who's yeah. been involved in these movies have worked really hard to make something really unique and really special. Yeah, and just to dismiss them like that as not cinema, I think um, that's, I think is degrading yeah. to the work they do. No, I do too, because these guys are filmmakers. They do make cinema. Like, th- like that's the thing. Just because it may not be your niche or something that you really see yourself doing, you know, doesn't mean you need to discredit other people for trying. Like, it, like look at the success that these guys had. Like, Nolan opened up a whole entire trilogy that's like rever- you know, rever- revered as like one of the best trilogies, you know, up there with Godfather and you know, Back to the Future and all that other stuff. You know what I mean? And, and Lord of the Rings. So, I mean. To downplay it like that, I think it is a slap in the face to filmmakers. But on the same token, though, you got to kind of look at it, kind of look at it with like a grain of salt and just be like, you know what? Consider the source. You know what I mean? The guy's, like how you said, he's 76. He's a filmmaker that they didn't have that back then when he was starting out. You know what I mean? When he was making, you know, earlier films, you know, like Mean Streets and all that stuff. Um, so to kind of see this, you know, to kind of see his reaction on it, I think it's kind of stupid in him, especially because he's a producer of Joker. Why the hell would you, like... You, you put your name on a comic book movie film. You know what I mean? Like, what the hell? Stupid. Yeah, it's 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 weird. But yeah, at this, yeah. I, can, can I get mad at Scorsese? Well, can I disagree with him? Yes. Can I get mad at him? Yeah, we can. No, not really. Yeah. 
No, because again, like I said, I think it, it, he has the, he has his rights for an opinion. That's the beauty about movies; they're subjective. But don't discredit the other filmmakers who have tried, you know, who've made their living by doing these types of films, because it is art, whether or not in your eyes, it's still art. So, yeah. Let, let Leslie forget that one of your that one of your buddies, George Lucas, made yeah. arguably the biggest the biggest franchise yeah. of all time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So you could even throw Spielberg in there for. Uh, Indiana, Indiana Jones. Jones. That's true. Yeah, I mean, so, so look, look, give Scorsese some hell. I agree, but like, lay, lay off the guy because they have yes. been dragging him online. Yeah, yeah, seriously. But when you make stupid comments like that, man. You got to get the backfire of it, dude. Like that's the thing. But that's the beauty of like I stay off of that stuff because it's so. That's like me, okay. I'm just gonna go into just a small little rant, real fast, okay, just to kind of show you what trolls do, okay. So. Baseball just wrapped up the regular season. We got the playoffs now. I'm a big Cleveland Indians fan. Yes, I was kind of pissed that they didn't make the playoffs. So I took my anger out on Major League Baseball's website, uh, Facebook page. Why not, right? Because um, they were talking about the Rays and the, and the Twins. I was mad at the Twins because they won our division. The Rays and A's took both wildcard positions. That could have been uh, one of the spots that the Indians took. So I commented on it. I said, yeah. I said, you watch. I said, Rays are a waste to the playoffs or whatever, blah, blah, blah. What does somebody respond back to me? Is it baseball-oriented? No. They go, well, Michigan sucks. I'm like, what? Because of my profile. <laughs> what is that? I love what the that Wolverines. I said, really? I said, we're talking about baseball. I said, I could care less about what you think about Michigan. Like, we, It's completely unrelated. But this is just to show you trolls in general. It, it, it's, it's amazing. Like, It has completely nothing to do with what I was trying to talk about. But we're going to go ahead and, oh, well, wait a minute. His profile picture, he's wearing a, a Michigan jersey. Oh, well, Michigan sucks. I said, yeah. I said, that's great. I said, I'm talking about baseball, not Michigan football. I was like, thanks, though. And it was funny. It was, so we're going back and forth. And he said something about, oh, well, the Brewers are going to win the NL Central. You watch. I said, well, don't sleep on the Cardinals. I said, the Cardinals are are historic for doing this, coming back you know, and playing tight you know, October baseball. It's what they do. Sure enough, St. Louis won. And I didn't hear anything from him on the on Facebook, so it is what it is. Anyway, this, the moral of the story is trolls suck out there, and it's that's why it's it's best just to try to um, I I've like de added groups that I had been into, um, especially like because I'm a big Michigan Wolverines fan, you know that. Um, I de added one of the groups I was in. It was like the one of like the big Michigan Wolverines football groups or whatever, because when we lost to Wisconsin. You had all this like negative like talk about all oh, they need to fire Harbaugh blah blah blah. I'm like, this is just so toxic. I had to get off of it. I, I just I removed myself from the group. It sucks. Yeah. yeah, that's all. Uh, in hindsight, what do I say? Um, just don't uh, don't make comments on social media because trolls suck. That's all. <laughs> all right. Well, you heard, the more, from, you heard from Russell. Moral of the story. The more the more you know. The more you know. Uh, Okay, so anyways, uh, next person we're talking about. It's funny. Sorry, we went. It's funny we transition to this. Uh, Jeez. So, Russell, streaming, streaming services are a big thing. They they're, are. They're the future of entertainment. And we have... Indeed. We have the announcement of a brand new service coming 2020. Dun, dun, dun. And this has maybe the worst name of any service I've heard in my life. Uh, we're going to talk, of course, about the Peacock streaming service. Peacock. Peacock. Your Peacock cock. That's a... Katy Perry. Song. Yeah, yes, it is. So this is going to <laughs> oh, be Lord. this is going to be the NBC Universal streaming service. Uh, uh, so yeah, <laughs> that that groan is correct. Yeah. Uh, but anyway, so uh, the main draw of this one is again you got to have a main draw for all these 
This is going to be the host for all the NBC shows. So this is where <laughs> this is where the office is going to go. So Parks and Rec is going to go. So which means Parks and Rec is also going to leave Netflix. Which means Netflix is going to be shut out of luck for a little bit. Uh, so what Seinfeld would go there too? I think yeah, I think Seinfeld would go there also. Which is I weird think what, that Friend, fr- no, Friends, fr- Friends is too? going. Friends is going to the WB streaming service. It's going to HBO Max because that's really because that well because that's an HBO product. I'm sorry, that's a WB production. So they have they have the rights to Friends. Oh, okay, because it was on NBC. That's the only reason why I, I, I yes. asked. Okay, that's fair. Uh, but also coming to this service, we have a uh, we have a Battlestar, <laughs> Battlestar Galactica reboot coming. We have a Punky Brewster reboot coming. Oh my god! Uh, and the other thing I'm most curious about: a Saved by the Bell reboot is coming. Uh, to- they're, they're all coming to Pittsburgh for the uh, Comic Con comic thing down in Pittsburgh. Like oh. majority of those guys from the show. Saved by the Bell. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. But yeah, Saved by the Bell is one of most in- most curious about because you hear this premise. It's basically it's going to be about uh, it's it's going to be set in present day. And how Governor Zach Morris, yes, he became a governor somehow, uh, apparently, uh, to get the approval rating up, is going to fix the school system by shutting down the, shutting down the under, you know, the underfunded schools and funneling them all into the biggest, the top rated high school in Los Angeles, Bayside High. Now, will he uh, give a pardon to Elizabeth Berkeley's character for, for being in Showgirls? <laughs> I would imagine. I would imagine so because okay. both Elizabeth Berkeley and Mario Lopez are going to be executive producers on the show. Not a surprise. So I, I imagine we'll see both of them back. I'm. I I think just because Zach Morris isn't going to be that big a role, I think Mark Paul Gosler is going to come back. I think you'll see Tiffany Amber Thiessen come back. Only one I don't think you'll see return are Lark Voorhees because she looks like a mutant now, and Dustin Diamond because everyone hates him. Yeah, because yeah. Well, that's for, pretty much for good reason. Yes, but um, Ross, you, you gonna sign up for the Peacock? No. <laughs> speaking <laughs> speaking of which, I looked it up online. Let me let me tell you. Hold on, real fast. Uh, emotional support Peacock denied flight by United Airlines. Uh, this was I, that, that's a story from a long time ago, though. That's and it's still funny. because yeah, I put up I put Peacock service, and it was like one of the first things that came on. I just yeah. started laughing. I had I, to share I think, it with you. I, I think if you look up Peacock, it's like the first. That's like the first news result. But anyways, it's it's hilarious. Oh, yeah, uh, no, it's I will not probably subscribe to this thing because again. It's one of those things where it's like they're like a dime a dozen now. You're going to have Apple with their streaming service. Obviously, Netflix is the go-to. Um, then you're going to have Disney Plus. You got a lot of them, man. You got to divvy your money smart. And I don't think the Peacock service. It's just awful name for one too. Uh, <laughs> now I got that stupid Katy Perry song on my head now. Yeah, yeah. Awful, uh, awful name. Awful name. Yeah, just not a good name. And I just I don't know. I just there's not a reason why I would want that. Because here's the other thing. Because I also read that. Seinfeld is also going to be on Netflix coming in 2020, I think, too. That's right. It is. Yeah. So all the big, all the big shows that you watch on NBC, regardless, are going to be on, going to be available on Netflix anyway. So it's kind of dumb well, ex- that they would the do that. Well, except the well, the Office was on there, wasn't it? it well, it, the Office is still on. It's still on there. Oh, is I it? It's still on there. Yeah. The I think Office it's going to be on there until the, until this launches. Okay. Which uh, I still have never actually watched an episode of that show. The, the, the Office is really funny. I, I, that's what everybody says. I'm, I'm, one, just, I'm uh, one of those guys. I prefer the British Office, but that's that's just me. okay. I've uh, never literally watched an episode of but it. But you, you look at it; it's 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 really funny. Give, give it a chance if you if you have a. It's good casual viewing. But look at all the streaming services. You got Netflix. You got Hulu. You got Prime Video. You got Disney. Amazon Plus, Prime. Yep. CBS All Access. HBO Max. 
Stars and Showtime that had their own streaming service you can buy separately. Apple TV Plus, Sling, and now Peacock. One of these services has got to crumble. And movie Pass. Who <laughs> 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 show me Movie Pass? Oh, they're fine. And they're fine. And they're finally dead. Thank God. Did um, you hear? Did you hear he's going to try to re, uh, bring in Helios and Matheson again? Of course he is. Yeah. Uh, but anyway, so <laughs> he's you, like, "What about Bob? What about he won't Bob? Go away. He he won't leave." <laughs> Uh, but anyways, you have what, what? What would you say out of these streaming services that I just listed? What would you say is has the what would you say is most likely to shut down? Which was most likely to shut down? Netflix isn't going anywhere because it's been it's it's been around for a while. Longevity with that one. Yeah, um, I'll, I'll, I'll forward you the graphic just so you can get like a visual look at what, right, what we're look, talking about. Let me look here real fast. Okay, let's see here. Um, I say Netflix and. Uh, Prime Video stay because they've been around. They've been a staple for a while. I was thinking. I was thinking just with Amazon Prime. I... Yeah, just with Amazon Prime, they're going to keep it. Yeah. Um, Apple TV is obviously Apple, so they're going to get a following for that. Um, Showtime again, I think would still stay. HBO would still stay. Well, I think. Also, like, a lot I of think people, a lot of people like with Showtime. Like, most people who already have Showtime as like the, the channel. Yeah, they're they're going to switch over. They're going to get that. You know what I mean? Yeah. So. They already have an inside track to that. Peacock, I don't see making a big hit. I see that. I can see that leaving quickly. Um, I can see CBS All Access leaving because I can't see like there'd be a big demand for that. CBS All Access is the one I'm looking at to to come. Uh, they, Sling, they have, uh, I, I, I would Sling. I would say. Well, well, because well, Sling. The thing, thing about Sling is the fact that like it's they had the live TV. They're one of the few services that has live TV. Okay, for, well, I mean, pretty for pretty full <sighs> prices. I mean, if that's if that's what if that's what they're selling it then, but I say Peacock, CBS, All Access for sure. Stars has been around for too long to anything to happen to that. Same, you know, Netflix, Hulu, Disney Plus. I think it's going to kill it. Um, yeah, I would say Sling, Peacock, and CBS All Access would be the ones I think would go. Especially because like those series, you have, you have to buy separately because it's not like, yeah. it's not like Stars where you like if you have. You have Stars Network if, or if whatever. You have Stars Network, you, are, you get automatic yeah. access to the star to the Stars. Yes. App. Yeah. So I. You, yeah. have buy, you have to buy those separately. So yeah, and I don't think CBS has the content to you know to to sustain itself. Uh, but e- yeah, either way. So <laughs> we we are in the age of the stream of the streaming wars. They have begun. So we'll see. They we'll have see, begun. We'll see who makes it. Uh, next story we're gonna be talking about right now is. Oh yeah, this this is this is something. Uh, Russell, there is a Face Off remake in the works. I heard about this. Yes. Uh, so uh, I believe it, was, it landed at Paramount, if I'm not mistaken. Let me, let me fact check. It is Paramount. Uh, so it's going to it's going to be executive produced by uh, David Permit with Neil Moritz to actually produce and Oren Uziel. I don't know who I don't know who any people are either. In case you're wondering, <laughs> to write Oren Oren Ishi Oren Ishi. Okay, so while while I figure out who oh who Oren Uziel is. Uh, why don't you tell us what you, what you think about a possible face-off remake? Yeah, I mean, I just think it's again, this is one of these things where I feel like nowadays it's just very unoriginal. Everything's a spin-off or a remake of a remake of something. Um, I like the 1997 John Woo film. I thought, you know, Nicolas Cage and John Travolta, it's an iconic film, it's an iconic action film by Woo. Um, I know a lot of people didn't really like a lot of John Woo's films like MI2. Um, you know, a lot of people hate that film, but, uh, face off is one of like, I think he's really well known for the face off movie. I think that movie is a fantastic film. It's a good guilty nineties pleasure. 
And um, I just think it's stupid that we need to remake it. You know what I mean? The movie's not – again, yeah, it's only been 20 years, but still it's, it's, it's crazy that we're doing this remake stuff with, all these, with anything and everything property-wise. It's, it's kind of unoriginal, but yeah, I, I just think it's kind of dumb. So that's, that's my two cents in it. Yeah, so – uh, I will say, so I will say I looked up O, o- Renuziel. So he he's apparently he was a writer on Twenty Two Gem Street, which I think was pretty good. Okay. Uh, Colorfield Paradox, which I thought was awful. <laughs> and yes. he is one of the writers behind behind one of our most anticipated movies of twenty twenty. Gotta go fast. Right, your boy behind Sonic the Hedgehog. Absolutely, come on! Uh, I, can't, I can't wait to see that and review that, man. Oh, that's gonna be fun. It's gonna be a great one. Uh, but either way, yeah, and I think the the thing Face Off had that Face Off had something that really kind of pushed it over the edge as far as action movies go. It had the nineties. Yeah. It that's the thing because there wasn't a bigger name in action films than Nicolas Cage, believe it or not. But the, you know, the, the he, he had the that, rock. The funny Connor. thing about that film was the fact that it wasn't supposed to star Travolta and Kate. Like they, they joined when when uh, it was supposed to be Arnold and Sly, but they joined when they passed on it. That's so great. Well, that's so great, though. Honestly, to think about it, because even Travolta was big in the '90s too. So, it, it you think about it, it lined up perfectly for those two guys. Because again, kind of how I said, Cage was pretty big in the uh, Cage was the big. action Tra- genre Travolta, in the '90s. Travolta was in yeah. the midst of his comeback, which yeah. he would later squander two years later. Um, but yeah, so <laughs> it's a very specific set of actors you have to have for those things, which is why I took the liberty of giving Hollywood some ideas, making my own face-off movies. Uh, first of which is the Fishman face-off. That would be Ryan Malik versus Bill Skarsgård. <laughs> after after that, you know, if you don't want to take that, that's fine. We have the biggest face-off in Hollywood: Javier Bardem versus Jeffrey Dean Morgan. Because why not? <laughs> They look the same. They look the same. I uh, like it. <laughs> we, ha- we have the teeny bopper face-off. We have Ansel Elgort versus Miles Teller. <laughs> and we can finally figure out which one is which. I, like, well, I, I still like Miles Teller, though. Uh, we, have, <laughs> we, have funny, we have funny face-off. We get Keegan-Michael Key versus Jordan Peele. I like it. I think that'd be fun. I think that'd be really fun. The, I yeah. lo- the Under the Right Conditions, I Look Like Ned Flanders face-off. We have Brian Cranston versus Gary Oldman. <laughs> And you know what? If you want to know, want to know who the best Hollywood Chris is, put them all in a face-off film, and then every twenty minutes have them change faces. I, I like it. I want to see Chris Pratt playing Chris Evans, playing Chris Hemsworth, playing Chris Pine. Yeah, let's. Why not? Let's do it. Why not? Uh, so, yeah, uh, face-off. I, I don't think it's prime for a reboot. I think some things are just of their time. Look at Point Break if you want a prime example, which I know oh, a lot of you didn't God, see. That, that remake was awful. Yeah, that movie's terrible. But yeah, I, I think this could. I think this has the potential to go down the exact same route. I don't like it. I don't like it. Yeah, they'll never learn. They'll never learn. All right. Uh, next piece of news we're talking about right now is uh, let's talk about our boy Fede Alvarez. Fede Alvarez, Alrighty. who I think we're both, I think we're both pretty big fans of. Uh, but he has been lined up to direct a sequel to the Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Okay. Uh, so I will say, I think this. I think Fede Alvarez is a talented director. Girl, girl who played with fire, or girl who kicked the horn. What was the, what was the spiders? Name? A girl in a spider's, spider's web. Spider's web. I, I forgot. What, yeah. I forgot which one it was, it was awful, which was absolutely awful. Oh yeah, it was terrible. But I don't blame him for it. I, I more blame Sony. no. I more blame Sony for that movie. 
Yeah, they. Yeah, that movie just was not very good. Yeah. So, aside from that, I think you look at something like "Don't Breathe," or I'm sorry, he's he's going to he's not going to he's going to produce, which makes me infinitely less excited for this movie. Yeah. Because I think he would have been a great director, but look, I think even as a producer, I think hopefully Fede Alvarez is someone like a Ryan Coogler who he's really hands on. Yeah, I mean, we can hope. I, and I also, I don't think he'd be doing this if he didn't believe in this property. Cause, like, That's the other thing, too, yeah. Fede, Fede Alvarez is the kind of guy who, he would be a big fan of, of the Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Yeah. Because like, you can see like a lot of inspiration drawn from that movie in his later films. Like Most notably, Don't Breathe, which has yeah, for sure. a don't lot breathe, of inspirations absolutely. from... From you can say you can say a little, you can say a little on Evil Dead too. Yeah, you, you, you can see a lot of inspiration in Evil Dead also. Yeah, which was the only yeah. Not the last time I mentioned Evil Dead in this episode, but yeah, going yeah. So uh, going in, uh, another Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Okay, so first of all, would you want to ignore the sequels? Doesn't matter. Would you be looking forward to an, another Texas Chainsaw? Because it's been it's been a hot minute since we've had another Texas Chainsaw movie. Do you know what? And I know this is going to be an unpopular opinion, but I really like the 2003 Texas Chainsaw that. Um, Marcus Nispel did. Uh, it was the one that uh, Jessica Biel was in. I really enjoyed that, was that one. A lot. Was that the one Michael Believe Bay produced? Believe it or not, this is the one that Michael Bay produced or uh, was a producer on it. It was it. I think he, Bay produced it. I think okay. uh, he was a producer on it. Yeah, he, 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 producer he, pro- on he it. produced one of the one of the reboots. I can't remember which. One. It was it was a 2003 one. Jessica Biel. Yeah, hey, it, was, um, that, it I li- was, I wasn't that nearly one. as bad as 2013. So. No, I like that one a lot. The 2013 one sucked. Um, the New Beginning or whatever the one was a couple. It was a New Beginning or it was a 2005 or six. The other one came out, um, but I liked the 03 one. I know that's an unpopular opinion, and a lot of, not a lot of people talk about that. I just thought it was fun that how they re, kind of modernized Leatherface. They didn't make him as wimpy. Like obviously, see our review on the other Texas Chainsaw Massacre. How awful that was. Uh, um, but he was more menacing, and I, I, I appreciate that feel to it that you know the director did. Um, would I be open for it? I mean, sure, why not? I mean, you know, when you constantly, I mean, you got somebody got to get it right, you know. But I, I, did, I did look it up. It turns out they are taking a page out of the uh, Halloween and Terminator Dark Fate books. Okay, and they are going to be it's going to be a direct sequel to the first one. Oh, which see, so then I, that's which not I think that kind of sucks yeah. that they're undoing Texas Chainsaw Two because I think Texas Chainsaw Two is. Very underrated. I think that movie is actually really good. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I think I think look, this is this is this is the hip new happening thing when it comes yeah, to making movies. Yeah. yeah. All those other ones sucked. Oh, they never happened. Oh, they didn't happen. No big, no big deal. Texas Chain uh, Leatherface was never a transvestite who hung out back <laughs> in McConaughey. Wait, Nightmare on Elm Street will do the same thing. Friday the Thirteenth will do the same thing. Give it time. Wait. So. <laughs> I, I'm curious how you would do that approach with Friday the Thirteenth because like there's, yeah, you need Jason. You, you need, Jason came you in in the Jason. second one, yeah. <laughs> well, he, he, came, he came in at the end of the first. Yeah, but I mean, it was his mom doing the killing, right? The majority, so in the, yeah, yeah. It'd be hard to do that approach with with Friday the Thirteenth. Same thing. The with, first two count, but the third one doesn't. The it, third one and down doesn't. <laughs> same thing with like with like Freddy with uh, Nightmare on Elm Street. It's just like. Oh, the first one, the first, third, and new nightmare count. The rest, forget it. Wait, so, yeah. Hold on. So two. So, but this happened in two. And it didn't count. Forget it. Page one. Doesn't doesn't matter. It doesn't this matter. Is brand new. <laughs> uh, so, but anyways, I think you could could you make another Texas Chainsaw movie? Absolutely, especially since yeah, for sure. I'm I'm curious how much the general the general public cares about Texas Chainsaw because Leatherface was seen by nobody, literally nobody. <laughs> But the other thing about it is, though, and, and you know, I think I could—I mean, we could echo as movie enthusiasts. I think that uh, 
horror films still attract people though um there is still a following especially you know the right time of year like you know you bring movies out like halloween 2018 came out around october and stuff like that but yeah, regardless though horror movies always find a niche of, of followers and i think they have that going i think a lot of the people from you know are going to want to see that you know so to me yeah. I, I i don't see i'm not surprised they do this yeah so uh we'll get get more on that but i think Look, I, I think just even even considering that if I one of Sam Raimi's boys, I think that I think I think this isn't this being good hands. Yeah. Uh, next piece of news talking about uh, one I'm curious to get your take on. Uh, looks like Jason Bateman after his Emmy win is lined up to direct the remake of Clue. Is is teaming with Brian Wells to direct the remake of Clue? Okay. Uh, so Russell, what, what do you think about the first Clue movie? Um, you ready for a little fun fact? Never seen it, have you? Never saw it. Oh, interesting. A lot of people I know have seen it. I know my buddy uh, Tommy, big, huge fan of it, really liked it a lot. Um, yeah, I um, never got into it. It was just one of those films. I'll get to it. I'll get to it. I just never got to. Um, Clue, I think, is a well, not, speak, speak for lot, me, someone pe- who's seen it. Yeah, a lot of people like it though. Yeah, I'm one of those people. I think Clue is actually. Yeah. A re- I think it's a really funny comedy. It's some great. It has some great slapstick. One of my favorite Tim Curry performances of his career. Okay. Um, the, the remake. I, could you remake Clue? You could. You absolutely yeah. could. Have like it, a game night feel to it. Ex- exactly. Um, oh. Yeah, get get a game night feel. Get like a, a comedy murder mystery. Because murder mysteries are looking like they're coming back, especially with like Knives Out and, murder, oh, and yeah. the new Hercule Poirot franchise, which is looks to be going which looks to be going strong. Um, do I think Jason Bateman is a good choice to do this? I, I do, because I do think he's, he's yeah. a really talented director. Like I said, just one Emmy for directing Ozark, which is has some really, which is really saying something, especially considering he was up against like half of the final season of Game of Thrones. Yeah, uh, his, his his two movies he's directed, uh, Bad Words and The Family Thing, I think are actually really good. I've really enjoyed. I'm a huge Bateman fan. I am too. I think the guy. I think the guy is massively, massively talented. Dude, dude came yeah. from dude came from Little House in the Prairie, and is now one of the best. Now the best straight man in Hollywood. I think he's great. Uh, I don't need a Clue remake, but if, it, if we're going to make one, I think Jason Bateman would, be inter- would have an interesting take on it. Yeah, for sure. I'm curious if like, they would actually, because Ryan Reynolds is currently set to produce it. There's nowhere on whether or not he's going to be in it or not. I'm curious of whether or not the two of them would actually like have parts in the movie, or if they would send the sideline and be like behind-the-scenes roles. What was that one they were in? Not the change-up. No, it is the change-up. Was it the change-up? Yeah, yeah, okay. Which, that that um, reminds me. So the two of them do have a working relationship. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I'd I'd be interested to see it. Yeah, I'd be regardless. I'd be interested to see it for sure. I do need to watch the original Clue though. Yeah, I would recommend you watch the original Clue first. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, so uh, uh, we'll keep keep an eye out for that. But if J- look, I don't. I'm not an advocate for a Clue remake. But hey, if we can get Jason Bateman doing something, doing another movie, I'm I'm down for it. For sure. Uh, next story we're talking about right now is uh, let's talk about some Jurassic World three. Oh boy! Uh, it was recently announced at a, at a collider screen named Jurassic World that uh, Laura Dern came out and she pretty much confirmed that her, Sam Neill, and Jeff Goldblum are all coming back for Jurassic World three. And it's not like it's not a Jurassic World volunteering situation where they're all going to be cameos. No, they are coming back as roles. They are going to be like major players in the third movie. At least I hope they are. <laughs> yeah, because that's a mass. That's a massive. <laughs> That'd be like a massive news announcement for pretty much nothing. Yeah. By the way, oh no, they're just little cameos, guys. Yeah, but so look, I, you, you and I, neither, neither of us were, were huge fans of Jurassic World: Fallen Kingdom. No. 
And uh, we're very much, we're very much curious about Jurassic World Vegas vacation, which is what they yes. up for at the end of the movie. <laughs> Dinosaurs meet the Griswolds. Yes. <laughs> uh, so does the inclusion of the original cast members like make you more excited for this movie? I mean, it doesn't hurt. I mean, obviously, the three characters, you know, you know, Sam Neill, uh, Goldblum, and Laura Dern, obviously, they are so iconic within the first, you know, a uh, couple Jurassic Parks. But, uh, yeah, I, I don't know. I don't know. Is this one of the things that they're trying to do that to get better? I mean, it did decent box office-wise, the second Jurassic World. Uh, it, it did more than decent. It did way more than decent. <laughs> yeah, so, I mean, I'm, I'm saying, so it's not a ploy for, you know, they're trying to, you know, get the numbers because they got the numbers. Um yeah, I mean, it, it obviously makes me obviously way more wanting to see it than not having them in it for sure. So if that's the question, yeah, yes is the answer. I, I am more curious to see those three in it. Um, I just don't know how you're going to – I don't know how we're going to do all this, though. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. That's that's the big thing. I think we it's like they've been so dormant from the Jurassic Park, Jurassic World franchise for so long. How are we going to tie these guys in? You know what I mean? No, I I, I absolutely understand that. Yeah. It's going to be interesting to see how they direct. I'm very curious how much money Sam Neill's getting from this because he he's always said he has no interest in going to, to, back to Jurassic Park unless he's paid a shit ton of money. So I'm, I'm assuming they paid him a shit ton of money. You know, what's, what's Sam Neill doing, though? Yeah, that's a good point. <laughs> so, I mean, they're not making Event Horizon 2, so I mean, I think, well, we're, I think we're okay. For a good reason. Yes. Um, but yeah, I think this is an, I think it's an interesting move, to say the least. And I mean, it is, does it... Up my excitement for Jurassic World three, kind of. <laughs> well, mo- mo- mostly because like at this point, it would take a lot to get me back. Well, I mean, not not a lot because I know I'm gonna see Jurassic World three. Oh, I am too. Yeah. It would take a lot to get me like excited for it because like I w- I was excited for Jurassic World. I was yeah. looking forward to Jurassic World Fallen Kingdom. This, on the other hand, <laughs> I'm just like okay, whatever. I mean, you, you made a billion dollars. Of course, you're gonna make a third one, and when this makes a billion dollars, maybe you'll make a fourth. Who knows? But yeah, uh, yeah. Well, I mean, we'll definitely see. I think it's due for a 2021 release, if I'm not mistaken. And yeah. Colin Trevorrow is set to, is set to return as director for this one. So uh, we'll we'll see how this one turns out. Uh, next story we're talking about right now is uh, Paul Feig. Paul Feig has lined up his next film. Of course, he's got Last Christmas coming out. Which debuted to a uh, you know mixed response as far as tra- as far as the trailer goes. I think we talked about it on our last episode, but uh, he has set up his next movie, which is going to be Army of the Dead. Uh, so this is going to be a universal monster movie that will pair classic monsters with new monsters. It's going to be like a I'm not sure it's going to be a horror comedy or a straight horror, but either way, Russell, you hear this premise and you hear Paul Feig directing. What 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 does that tell you? You know what though, it's one of those things where I've been kind of you know fooled before because I mean, who who would have thought that? Um, wait, now Paul, you said Paul Feig was the one that did this. Paul Feig is doing yes. Yeah, I don't know. He just seems very. I don't know. Like oh yeah okay that's where I was going yeah I knew I was I couldn't think where how I was going we who thought. Uh, a simple favor was going to be successful. Do you know what I mean? Right. It was a, you know, it was one of those films where it wasn't a Paul Feig type film. Um, he usually prides himself in like comedy. So to, to, you know, you know, break through in a different genre that you're not normally uh, directing and, and how, how great was a simple favor. So it's one of those things where based on track record, 
that momentum that we have from uh, 2018 is a simple favor. Maybe this film will be good, hopefully. I mean, I'm interested in seeing it. The premise, it's something different that, you know, Paul Feig wouldn't direct, you know. So, for sure, why, why not? Yeah, I think that... I think we're, like, in a, in a really like weird age where, like, all these, like, all these funny, funny, funny guys are going and start going experimenting with dark yeah. materials. So I guess I guess now it's Paul Feig's turn. Uh, I think I think this premise sounds interesting. Dark Army is the name of the movie, not 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 uh, Army of the Dead. I was confusing something else, but um, yeah, I think that the premise sounds interesting. And look, after after the Dark Universe crashed and burned, I'm pretty sure, I'm pretty sure they can pretty much do anything they want with these characters now. And I think it seriously, sounds like, it sounds like an interesting approach. And I think. Look, Paul Feig, he's been showing that. I, I admire the guy for being able to step out of his comfort zone and, you know, try, try, some, try some different genres, try some, you know, different, different kinds of movies that he normally wouldn't do. So I commend the guy. Yeah. And hopefully this works out for him. Yeah, for sure. All right. Uh, next piece you're talking about right now is let's talk about M. Night Shyamalan. Look, despite okay. The, despite the fact that uh, Glass didn't do it, I think I think it had a good box office, but didn't do it for for critics or fans. I think it I think it shattered when it came to that. Oh, <laughs> yeah, had to go. Had to go. Okay, yeah. we did that one. This, this movie, this movie yeah. absolutely made its money back. Uh, he has now dated his next not one but two films at Universal for a February twenty twenty one, February twenty twenty three release. Okay. So. First of all, I think it's weird that he would date two films. He said they're both two originals, but I don't know why. Why would you date two films back? Two Unless films. they're somehow maybe related. Yeah, yeah. I think I think that's a bit of a weird move. But either way, even if we're not, either they're not. We're getting two Shyamalan movies by 2023. So, <laughs> part of me this is this is evil of me. Part of me kind of hopes that we go back to crazy ass Shyamalan. Yeah. I I I, I want another. I want like, to go back to. Part of me wants to go back to happening Shyamalan. I was gonna say you're gonna get Lady in the Water too. Yeah, Lady in the Water. Oh my god, God, I wish <laughs> it's happening. Explore, this second ex- ex- happening. Explore the secrets this, of the. Of this the is arts. seriously happening too. Oh <laughs> but either way, look. Um, are are you are are you looking forward to Shyamalan's next movie? Because it seems like he's kind of back. Kind of. No, I. I, I've, I've always been a proponent of Shyamalan. Uh, I may not have always been a big proponent of his fan or of his movies that he, you know, uh, releases. But I mean, was Glass a miss? Yeah, it was. But I mean, that doesn't take the, the fact that Split was so good. You know what I mean? So I mean, you're gonna get directors that that disappoint, and you're gonna enjoy their work. You're gonna d- disappointed. You know what I mean? You're not gonna love everything everybody puts out all the time. So Shyamalan's a great director. Nothing to take away from him. He still has an eye. Uh, behind that camera, and I just I I really like to see what he has to to rebound from because I mean Glass was kind of underwhelming for me, and I know for you too. Yeah. Um. It, I just I feel like I feel like he rushed that film. I feel like I feel like the film was rushed. Um. And I know you know Ooh, other fight, people fight might, of the tower. That's going to be exciting. Oh wait, it's on the lawn. Okay, sure. It, it just to me it's it's one of those things where it's like it was kind of an underwhelming finale to a trilogy. No, Glass. I I mean, I 100 you know, agree. Yeah. Yeah, so I'm hoping to see that he can rebound from it and move on in a good uh, in good fashion. So I'm hoping his next film in 2021 is good, and who knows, maybe it does connect to 2023, and he's just blowing smoke up our ass. Who knows? Who knows? Uh, but yeah, either way, look, I, look whether or not whether or not Shyamalan movies are good, which I think most of the time they're not. I I can I give him credit for the fact that he's always trying. He's always yeah. trying. So whether or not it works is a different story, but he's trying. Yeah. 
he puts the effort. So, look, I, I give him props for that. But yeah, hope, hopefully, hopefully this works out for him. Hopefully, we're back. We're back to the age of great Shyamalan movies. Because I would really like to get back there. Absolutely. Uh, so, next piece of news is uh, we got some casting news on the Suicide Squad. We got an official cast for the Suicide Squad. Uh oh. And uh, let me let me pull let me pull this up because it's actually on James Gunn's Instagram. Uh, he, tweet, he tweeted this out with the caption, don't get too attached. So uh, the cast features uh, running down, we have David Dasmalkian, John Cena, Jai Courtney, Joaquin Casio, who the hell is that? Nathan Fillion, <laughs> Joe Kinnaman, uh, Mei-Ling Ning, I, I, it's, it's NG, so I'm not sure I pronounced that last name, Flula the Boar, DJ Flula, Sean Gunn, Storm Reid, Pete Davidson, Taika Waititi, Alicia Braga, Alice Braga, I'm sorry, uh, Steve Agee, uh, Peter Capaldi, Jennifer Holland, who's actually James Gunn's girlfriend. I wonder how she got the role. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. <laughs> James Gunn. <laughs> I'm, I'm not accusing you of anything. Uh, Viola Davis, Idris Elba, Margot Robbie, and Michael Rooker. So reprising the roles in the first ones, you have Via- Viola Davis, Margot Robbie, uh, Joel Kinnaman, and uh, Jack Courtney. I think those are the ones were reprising roles in the first film. Uh, some, new, some new cast members. We already reported Idris Elba was, was joining the cast. Uh, he's we originally thought he was going to play Deadshot. Turns out he's not to open the, to leave the door open for Smith to come back in the future if you wanted to. Uh, also joining me have Peter Capaldi, uh, famous Doctor Who actor, uh, Steve Agee, who is in Guardians of the Galaxy Part Two, Alice Braga, who you may recognize from the Predator, Queen of the South, or Pred- Predators. I can't remember which one. Taika Waititi, which I think would be, which I think is be interesting. Uh, Pete Davidson, another interesting cast. Uh, Fula Borg. <laughs> which is which is just odd to me. David Dasmalkin, who I think is reported is playing the polka dot man, who he's just a guy who has a very a very serious polka dots. He has a, a punching polka dot, a flying, oh sa- a flying Sasha polka dot, a transport polka dot. <laughs> John John Cena, uh, Nathan Fillion, Michael Rooker, who we've never made. I don't think he's never made me without either of those two guys. But uh, you, you, yeah. you, hear, you hear this cast, and like even you look at the font for this picture. Uh, it's actually the same font as the original Suicide Squad comics, so he's uh, he's getting very deep deep into this. So, like, if you had to, if, if you look at this, do you think like what, 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 do, you, do you like this cast? Do you think this cast sounds interesting to you? It's definitely interesting to put all those guys together for sure. Um, nice to see Nathan Fillion get some uh, some work here. I hope he has a major um, role. I really hope he has a major role in this movie. I do too, because um, I do think he's a really good actor. I feel like he's underutilized in a lot of films. Um, but yeah, I mean, the the first Suicide Squad was just so underwhelming. Um, I don't think it really had. I don't think it really even knew what it wanted to do. I don't think it had really any direction, lack of focus. Um, yeah, so here's hoping that the second Suicide Squad really kind of just puts you know DC back on the, like on its on its winning journey that it's it's been doing the last couple films. Um, definitely have a good solid cast. I mean, for sure, it's crazy. You get getting John Cena. John Cena will do anything now. Yeah. But uh, yeah, I'm hoping. Like I said, I'm hoping that the Suicide Squad two does does well. It does seem like there's a lot of talent behind this film, so it does make me a little bit more intrigued. Give me a little bit more hope for this one. I think you also like had WB learning a lesson and be like, "Hey, do not fuck with the director on this." Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I, 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 I would be more curious to see David Ayer's original cut of the movie because what he originally shot is not at all what the hell we saw. Yeah, I don't think anybody will tell you that, but yeah, the Snyder think, cut. 
<laughs> Hashtag really <laughs> yeah, I was good. Uh, I had to go there. I'm sorry. You had to go there. We had, <sighs> we had to start this argument again. But either way. Yeah, anyway. Uh, so, but yeah, I think this cast is interesting. I think James Gunn's a great filmmaker. And I think, look, if anybody can make, if anybody can pull something good out of the Smoldinger wreckage that is the first one, then it's James Gunn. Although For I will sure. say, I think we are going to get very sick of Harley Quinn in the next few years. I feel like she's going to be way oversaturated with in films. So. I agree. Yeah, like, she has she has Birds of Prey. She has this. She has a Harley Quinn jerk movie. I think she has just a Harley Quinn movie in development. So, jeez. Um, but at least she's like at least she's going to be in it. Though. The consistency of Margot Robbie, I think, is yeah. good. So we you know, we have like someone carrying us through these movies, I, for better or worse. So, yeah, yeah. Uh, we have we have that. So uh, you know, congrats to congrats to James Gunn for you know landing a job. And congrats, James Gunn, for getting uh, Guardians Three back. That's gonna, that's gonna be yes. fun to see. I called that. Call, call. You, you did. You did call that. I'll give you that. You did call it. Uh, next piece of news. Speaking of, you know, speaking speaking of uh, DC, let's talk about the Batman because we have some rumored casting rumors. We have some rumored rumors. Uh oh. Uh, so we have some casting for the Batman for the Batman twenty twenty one. As you know, Robert Pattinson will be playing the role of Bruce Wayne. Uh, rumored to join the cast alongside him is Jeffrey Wright as Commissioner Gordon and Jonah Hill as the bad guy, though uh, he's on hold uh, barring some contract uh, payment disputes. So okay. we'll see if he actually ends up being in it. But the rumor is he's going to be either the Riddler, the Penguin, or Calendar Man. I kind of hope it's I Calendar think, Man. I, I hope it's a Penguin. I think he's more Penguin. He's, he's well, of course, like, Penguin's the obvious choice, but I think... I think they're leaning. To, I've heard they're leaning towards Riddler just because Jim Carrey's Riddler is not as iconic as Danny DeVito's Penguin. First of all, neither of are neither are iconic. Let's get, let's, hey, get let's, that let's let's use the word iconic and loosely. Let's lose that in air quotes. Yeah, use that in air, <laughs> in air quotes. But yeah, I would rather be the Penguin and get someone else for the Riddler. But if he's gonna be the Riddler, sure, why not? But either way, so let's talk about Jeffrey Wright, Commissioner Gordon. That's like sneaky good casting, right? It is. I think so. Because like he's not someone I would have originally picked for the role, but. I, I hear like Jeffrey Wright play Commissioner Gordon. I'm like, yeah, that's, that's kind of perfect. Yeah, it's also, I can see it. It's also rumored that this movie is going to have a more like diverse cast. They're looking they're reportedly looking at a, a woman of color. For the role Jeffrey Wright's a really good actor, though. He's very, very uh, oh, he's yeah, fantastic. very, very, very underrated. I, I think he's a great actor, and yeah, yeah, I think he's perfect for like a big, like authoritative commissioner. A authoritative role like that, especially because he's got the facial hair down to a cue. So, oh, he's got that older, the wise, like yeah. wise, you know, guy who's like been there, done that, seen everything type thing. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, I think he's got that down to a T. Absolutely. So I would love, I would love to see him get cast in this role. I think it'd be really cool, really different. Poor one out for J.K. Simmons, who only got to play the character for like five minutes. <laughs> and uh, you know, jo- Jonah Hill. I think Jonah Hill is a great actor. So I mean, yeah. we already kind of said our piece on Jonah Hill. We would rather see him as the Penguin because I think he could bring. I think he could bring a lot to that role. I think it'd be really fun. Yeah, seriously. I I actually like someone threw out Calendar Man. I would love to see him as Calendar Man. <laughs> I think that'd be like really, really fun and like really crazy. Okay. Just to get like a villain like Calendar Man in a serious movie, especially because like the rumored inspiration for this movie is the Long Halloween, which a lot of that is based on murders around major holidays. So I think he, I think like Calendar Man is a perfect villain for a story like that. So, yeah, I think that would be, I think that would be cool. But either way, if you get either, if, I, I think Jeffrey Wright is pretty much a lock at this point. Jonah Hill's on the fence, but if he joins, awesome. Either way, I'm definitely looking forward to the Batman 2021. 
and next week, let's, let's, let's round out the WB news right now because uh, Bad Rope, JJ Abrams' company, Bad Robot, has just sealed a deal uh, with Warner Entertainment to the tune of two hundred and fifty million dollars. Jeez. Yeah, and this isn't just for movies. This is for TV, movies, games, content for digital platforms. So, like, J.J. Abrams is going to be very much Stephen Warner Brothers for the next, for the foreseeable future. Sounds like it. Now, you remember we talked about WB's launch their own streaming service, HBO Max. Yeah. And I think a move like this makes sense when you're having a uh, new streaming service that you had to, like, make new content for. I mean, just look at like all the stuff Apple's doing with A24 with their with their streaming service. Like a lot of, yeah. like a lot of the shows they're bringing to the table are why I would be interested in signing up for the service. Like I think the morning oh. show looks really cool. I think yeah. I think Dickinson looks interesting. Um, but yeah, do you do you think that WB is smart for teaming up with Abrams Bad Robot? I do. I, I really do because kind of how just how you said with A24 going to Apple, you know, you need a something that already has legs, you know, so to speak, and Bad Robot has legs i mean it's you know jj abrams you know baby there so i think that's a smart you know team up move for sure this did cause like a lot of conversation because if you remember jj abrams was going to make a superman movie superman flyby so people a lot of people wondered like oh that means he's gonna that means he's gonna direct a superman movie no it's it, it doesn't and if i had to bet he's not going to because i don't think jj abrams is in a big rush to get involved with another major franchise right now I'm just waiting on that man of steel too. Yeah, keep waiting, buddy. <laughs> <laughs> one day, one day, one day, man, one day. When when we're, when we're seventy, we'll finally get man of steel too. <laughs> like, I code it. I code it eventually. I I code it. I knew they would do this. That would be the point where we can make like CGI actors. Yeah, and we and we finished the job. Final Fantasy Spirits then started. And hopefully uh, we can put much mustache gate away too. Hopefully we have better uh, technology there I, behind I, I mustache. Wouldn't, I wouldn't think so, but yeah. Either way, uh, congrats <laughs> to JJ and the Bad Robot team. Like, this is this is a great deal for y'all. And I'm yeah, that's a big that's a big move. I'm excited to see what they, what they put out. Uh, so next story we're talking about. Let's talk about D23 stuff because D23 happened this year. I went the the big push this year was for, for, for Disney Plus. They actually had a promotion there. Which they made available to the public later, but uh, you were able to sign up for three years of Disney Plus for like 150 bucks, which I did because that's, that deal is just way too good to pass up. Yeah. Yeah, so I will have Disney Plus for the foreseeable future. Um, and I, still, so, I still need to get it. Yeah, so I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be there launch day. Uh, so we, have, we got some new stuff. We found out there's a Liz McGuire reboot coming, or not reboot, Liz McGuire continuation because there's no focus on older Liz McGuire, which I know is, it, is, is Hillary Duff to, coming back for that? Hil- Hillary Duff is coming back. They brought oh, they brought her out. They confirmed she she will return for the series. She's been she's been praying to God they would want to do this later on down the road. She's like, please, I have no career. I mean, she's been getting work. She's on she's on that uh that think, Sharon Tate thing. I heard was really bad though. Yeah, haunting Sharon Tate was awful. But yeah, she I heard had, it was she bad. Had, she has a show on TV Land doing really well. So she, she's not she's, like she's, she's married to a hockey player, so she doesn't really have to true. work. She, she's not she's not like strapped for cash, but I mean it's, it's good for good for her. She's gonna get back to the role that kind of made her career. Yeah, for sure. Um, I think she was holding out for cheaper by the dozens three. <laughs> weren't we all? <laughs> I mean, just we, saying. We finally know. got confirmation that the Obi Wan that the Obi Wan Disney Plus series is coming. That is a thing that is going to happen. So that that that's something that excites me. 
Uh, they, they even brought out Ewan McGregor, which I kind of wish that that, st- that story didn't break. Yeah. Because, like, how cool would it have been to... How cool would it have been to just, like, not know that and have Ewan McGregor come out, like, I'm playing Obi-Wan, Obi-Wan Kenobi again? And like, yes, yeah. I am. And and then the crowd and then the crowd went fucking nuts. So, I mean, it would have been cool to not know that in advance, but it's still cool that we finally got that confirmed. And I'm excited to see Ewan McGregor play Obi-Wan a second time. Well, not a second Hello time, there. once again. Hello there. Hello there. Uh, other things we got confirmation of. We got some more info on WandaVision. Uh, we found out that Cat uh, Dennings, who played Darcy in the Thor movies, will be joining the cast. We found out that um, see, Cat Dennings will be joining the cast. Catherine uh, Hahn will be joining the cast as an undisclosed role, and uh, Randall Park, Randall Park, who played Jimmy Woo, Jimmy Woo, yeah, Jimmy Woo in Ant Man and the Wasp, will be reprising her role in the series. Did I say her role? His role in the series. I'm sorry, Randall Park. I think you're great. I think you're great. <laughs> Uh, in addition to that, when Falcon the Winter Soldier, uh, we found out that uh, yeah, Sharon Carter will be coming back. Uh, Sharon Carter will be coming back. Daniel Brühl will be reprising his role as Helmet Zemo, although he will have the purple mask. We'll have the signature Zemo mask in this in this series. And uh, we got confirmation that uh, Kurt's son Wyatt Russell will be playing the role of John Walker, who is known as U.S. Agent, which pretty much was pretty much like Captain America if you were crazy, if you were a crazy person. <laughs> uh, we also got confirmation on three new shows coming for t- to Disney Plus. We have She Hulk, Miss Marvel, and Moon Knight. Now, Russell, do any of those? What, what do you think of those shows? I asked rhetorically um, because I know you know nothing about any of those characters. I think She Hulk would be the most interesting, just because I, 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 Hulk's probably one of my favorites. So I would probably gravitate more with with She Hulk. I think. But, but also because you don't know who the other characters are. Uh, that's probably why too. So. Uh, so yeah, uh, She-Hulk. I mean, yeah, it pretty much boils down like it's She-Hulk, it, but she's a, she's a lawyer. Actually, it's, she, it's She-Hulk, but she has more like a anger and check thing. It's like it's like, but she's like Professor Hulk from the get-go. She has she's conscious, she's aware, she has all the strength of the Hulk, but she has the con- she has the control of it, which makes her which makes her interesting to me at least. No word on whether or not Mark Ruffalo is going to be a part of it yet, and no word on whether or not who's going to play the lead for any of these shows right now. Um, yeah, going to Miss Marvel. <laughs> it's funny that they call her Miss Marvel because she really has nothing to do with Captain Marvel, like at all. Like what she is is she's an inhuman who can grow yeah. who can grow her who can like, grow her limbs really big. That's her. That's her power. <laughs> uh, the reason she's called Miss Marvel is because she's a big fan of Captain Marvel, so she kind of takes that moniker for herself. Copycat. So it will be it will be uh, Camilla Khan. Uh, that'll be the main character, and it'll, she'll actually be the first. Uh, I think the first Muslim superhero we've ever seen. Oh, wow. so I think that's gonna be. I think that that'll be interesting. That's, yeah, that's cool. The one that really interests me is Moon Knight. Uh, so Moon Knight is this schizophrenic, this schizophrenic, uh, crazy ass vigilante. Which that that's like the whole selling point of him. He's like he's a he's a more of a unhinged character. He has voices in his head. It's a it's a lot there's a lot for an actor to play with, so I feel like this I feel like you need like a really solid actor to kinda of pull this character off. James McAvoy would be good. Ooh, because he already did this. McAvoy would be interesting. Yeah. No, I'm McAvoy. just saying, he's done it. Shia LaBeouf, someone's been talked about, Zach Efron yeah. someone has been talked about. I think like, I think Moonlight Moon not Moonlight. Moon Knight is someone who like like ten years ago, you said like we're getting a Moon Knight something. I was like, "Fuck, like fuck off!" No, we're not. Um, but I think 
like we're in the age where you can adapt like all these like crazy weird characters and make it work. So, yeah, I think I think this sounds I think this sounds like it could be a really really cool, really different kind of show. Yeah. And at the same time, uh, at the same time, like they talk about the budget of these shows. Each of these shows is going to have a budget, reported budget of 150 million dollars. So these are going to these are going to be like movie movie quality shows. Yeah. So like they're cl- they're clearly not skimping on like they're they're not like they're, they're not like skipping on these shows. They're like putting everything they have into them. They're putting as much into the shows they are into the movies. Yeah. That's yeah. a good thing though. No it is. It it absolutely is. And so like uh, the quality you know the quality is going to be there. Yeah, for sure. Sounds like it better be for that much money. <laughs> uh yeah, so I think that sounds really interesting. And also you look at the studio panel which I was also there for. They brought out a lot of stuff. The one I want to highlight, though, is Pixar's Soul because we heard the announcement. We had no idea what it was. Like we, we speculated, like, is it an Inside Out sequel? It turns out it's not. So what this is is about a guy who he's very into jazz. Like he he's a middle school he's a middle school band teacher. He loves jazz. He always want to play jazz. This one club, and he gets well, he gets that shot. But at the <laughs> when when you have it, the same day he gets the shot to play jazz at the club he's always wanted to do, his soul jumps out of his body. So he what has. Are the odds? To, what are the odds? He has to attend Jeez. a thing called the U seminar, which is where all souls go to, you know, pretty much learn about the human world, learn about where they're going. It's pretty much like tackling the idea of what makes you who you are. Uh-huh. Uh huh. And where he's going to meet a soul who's been there like for millions of years, who doesn't want to go to Earth because she finds it pointless. Uh, it's going to be a very like jazz influenced movie. Pete Doctor's going to direct it, which is what makes me really excited for it. And uh, has a cast that features uh, Felicia Rashad, David Diggs, Questlove, Tina Fey, and Jamie Foxx will play the lead character. Who, funny enough, I didn't even notice it when I was at the panel. This will be the first Pixar movie that has an African American lead. Really? Wow! Yes. So it's it's a big it's a big milestone for them. Uh, John Batiste, who he's a great musician, he's currently the band leader for the Late Show with Stephen Colbert. Will be doing some jazz song for the movie, and the score. Get a load of this. Will be done by. Trent Reznor and Atticus Ross. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just like, huh? <laughs> sure. Yeah. Yeah, it's it is odd to think of those two guys scoring a Pixar film, but either way. Uh you hear this premise. Like what 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 do you make of Soul? Uh it it sounds fascinating. It sounds actually kind of cool. Um I do like the whole Atticus Ross and uh, Reznor thing though too. I think that sounds kind of cool. Um I don't know. It sounds cool, though. It's different. It's it's definitely it's more of a dark. It sounds almost like a darker, a darker uh, idea for a film for Pixar. Yeah. Yeah, it does follow the same like patterns of a lot of like Pixar movies. But I do think this sounds really interesting, especially with Pete Doctor at the helm. He's always he's always hitting home runs with, with these kinds of movies. And really interesting cast, though. Is yeah. The other thing too. Absolutely. Like I think I think the cast sounds really cool. I'm I'm definitely looking forward to this. I think it sounds I think it sounds really awesome. Probably probably overtook Onward as my favorite Pixar movie. Although we did see footage from Onward at the panel, and the stuff how we was saw, it? It looks it looks really good. Yeah, yeah. We saw some scenes of them of them using magic because the whole thing is about them trying to bring their dad back for one for one more day. And yeah, like you see, like it's very like Tom Holland which is funny because the day because Tom Holland and Chris Pratt were there. And this is around the same time that uh, we were told Spider-Man was out of the MCU. This is around the yeah. same time that that uh, Uncharted lost its director, 
Oh, you mean when uh, Spider-Man was out for a couple of weeks? Yeah. Oh, well, yeah. We'll, we'll get to that in a second. But okay. <laughs> um, it's funny because like it, he, end, he ended the whole thing with just like I know it's been a crazy week, but I love you three thousand. Thank you. And he just walks <laughs> off. And you feel you just feel a crack. Goes like, oh, that hurts. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but yeah, on, onward, onward looks fantastic, and like you can tell, yeah. you can tell it's very a very personal movie for the director, who is uh, Dan Scanlon, who did Monster University, which I liked, but it's not, it's not, it's not great. But yeah, definitely looking forward to that. Another thing we saw for uh, another thing we saw footage from, what I think was really interesting, was uh, what, was what was I thinking of? Oh, we well, we saw footage for Frozen Two. <laughs> it's funny because when they when they brought out. When they brought out Jennifer Lee, who's now the CCO of animation, um, they brought her out. We're just like we, we had to think to ourselves, why? Why do we make? Why was there a reason to make Frozen two? Literally, feel the whole audience go, ching. Yeah, <laughs> I like that. That's why you make Frozen two. I mean, the, the movies are the, oof, the movies on a crush. But it's funny because like there's like we're gonna answer all the questions you have in the first movie. Like, where did Elsa <laughs> get her powers? Why does Nana yeah. have them? Where were the parents going? What happened to all the black people in Arendelle? We're going to point all that shit. Yeah, um, by the way, it turns out all the black people in Arendelle went into the woods, and they never came out. That's, certainly K. Brown in the movie, he, I'm, not, I'm, not, I'm not sure if they're all black. It'd be funny if they were. Like some, some weird agenda there, but like, it turns out he led his squad into, the, into an enchanted forest, and they never found their way out. Again. They lost forever. But they did show some footage. They showed some new song, and even had um, Josh, Kristen... Jonathan and Indina come out and sing what I assume is the opening song for the film, and yeah, like it, it, it won me over. Like I think Frozen Two, I'm just like ironically really excited for Frozen Two. I know uh, Ella is, that's for sure. Yeah, well, yeah, you you have a, you have a daughter, so I know your little, ass little, is going to be a little different than yeah, being yeah. in your twenties and being excited about it. But cause I think because I, I think it looks interesting. <laughs> I think like the I think the animation style looks really cool. I think the story sounds intriguing. Yeah. I mean, I like the first one just fine, and the, and the soundtrack's actually pretty good. Your, your girl, Evan Rachel Wood, she was there. She's going to be in the movie. Heck yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, I'm definitely looking forward to that. I'm definitely looking forward to that movie. I think it sounds, I think it sounds really cool. And uh, it's, pretty much, it's pretty much like all I wanted to highlight, because like Marvel, we didn't get a lot. All we got was some Black Widow footage, which looks, which looks really cool. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Like the, we saw, a lot of it was like extended versions of what we saw, what they saw at Comic-Con. Like we saw the fight between her and Elena. We played Florence Pugh. We saw some Red Guardian, who's played by uh, David Harbour. We did see Rachel Vice in the movie. Who like she's she dressed like like the she's just like the veteran Black Widow out of the whole crew. She. And we saw some fighting with uh, Taskmaster, who like he's a villain who all he has to do is watch you. You can copy your fighting style. Jeez. So, so like the whole story is that like like they have like a fight on a bridge. And you know, you know how Black Widow, Black Widow has that little, like little scissor kick she has, right? Yeah, yeah. She he, she does that scissor kick on Taskmaster, and then Taskmaster gets up and does the same kick on her. Oh, cool. So yeah, it's pretty much it's pretty much like fighting like a mirror of yourself. So I think that lends for a lot of interesting, interesting action with him. Uh, what else did we see? Oh yeah, we got we got confirmation on Black Panther two. Well, confirmation that one it's coming, two that it will be released May May sixth, twenty twenty two. So <laughs> now that'll be that'll be Black Rejoice Day 2022. <laughs> We're already getting ready. Um, what else do we see? Oh, we saw some footage from, from Jungle Cruise. Jung- Jungle Cruise looks really fun. Uh, it looks it looks very much like the Steven Summers Mummy movies. Okay. 
Yeah, and it's it looks like uh, Emily Blunt and like cause they're like a ladder sequence in the movie that still reminded me of the first movie. Uh, it looks like uh, Dwayne Johnson and Emily Blunt have a very good dynamic. <laughs> so they they they, ha- they look like they're having fun. They have they have a cool they have nice chemistry. Uh, looking very much looking forward to that one. And uh, let's see anything else I saw that I think is worth talking about. Oh, we did get a preview from a new movie called Raya and the, Raya and the Last Dragon, which will be the Disney move the Disney animation movie twenty twenty. Okay, which, which will be about a girl trying to find the last dragon to save her homeland from a dark mystic force, which will feature I think her name's like Cassandra Steele or Cassie Steele, I can't remember. She was on Degrassi, um, which I didn't watch, <laughs> and <laughs> will feature. It's funny because they they said like they showed up footage and it had like the dragon in it. And they were just like, she recognized that voice, and just like, I'm like, oh, it sounds kind of familiar. I can't tell who it is. It's just like, you may recognize her, which was shocked me because like this the clip I heard, it sounded like a guy. <laughs> you may recognize her Merle's and Crazy Rich Agents. I'm like, oh, is it Constance Wu? And the farewell, I'm like, oh crap, Aquafina. I'm like, fuck, you had me, you had me, she's back, and you lost me. <laughs> she's back. She is. She is indeed back. Uh, but either way, I think it looks like a cool film, and yeah, like a lot of stuff I saw from Disney, like all from the outside, it's a very unexciting panel. But from like the, the footage I saw on the inside, actually, I, I, it's actually really exciting. Actually, a lot of it looks really cool. So, a well, lot to look forward to then here coming up in the next year or so. Absolutely. And continuing on the streak of Disney themed news, uh, we got some pretty, a pretty big bombshell dropped on a few weeks ago. Uh, Kevin Feige. Uh, man, head of the Marvel Cinematic Universe, will be producing a new Star Wars movie over at Lucasfilm. Uh, this news broke, which was funny enough because when Disney bought Lucasfilm, Kevin Feige was actually one of the names being discussed to take over as, I don't know, chairman, CEO, I'm not sure what the exact title is, but the, whatever job Kathleen Kennedy has right now. Uh, so, Russell, you hear, this, you hear this sentence, Kevin Feige producing a Star Wars movie. What, does that, that get you excited? Yeah, it does. I mean, obviously, he's had such success with the MCU. What, what better way to kind of breathe new life into Star Wars post, you know, Episode Nine? You know? So, yeah, I'm on board. Absolutely. I think I also think that with... Well, first of all, we're not going to see this movie until well in the future. I don't think we'll see this movie until, what, like maybe like 2020... 2028, maybe? Because <laughs> it's going gonna, it's gonna to be a while. Uh, but either way, I think that the work Kevin Feige has done with the universe of Marvel, if you bring that same touch to the universe of Star Wars, you could be looking at something really special here. Yeah. Yeah, I also think it's funny that, like it's, like I said, like Kevin Feige was originally one of the names being discussed to take over for Kathleen, take over for Lucasfilm after Disney bought it. I do wonder, though, because Bob Iger is going to be retiring soon. So... You're going to need a new CEO. I wonder if this is kind of a way for him to transition into maybe Kathleen Kennedy being the new CEO of Disney. It wouldn't surprise me. I mean, if they have it kind of planned out how they're going to pass the baton, so to speak, yeah, that would make sense. Yeah, I mean, you, you, you look at it. I mean, Kathleen Kennedy is someone who's had work in the, been working in the entertainment business for, for decades, for over 30 years. Like she knows her way around, she knows her way around a production a production crew, production company. I think she would make sense as a yeah, takeover. Sure. In fact, like it, between Kevin Feige and Kevin Kennedy, you could be looking at the new the new Bob Iger and Alan Horn of Disney. 
just because like the the work that they do it, it's it's spectacular. It really is. Yeah, it really is. I mean, they're you know their success record is you know proven. I mean, they've already been there, done that. So I mean, if this is how you're setting it up, I think you're you're in good hands. I really think you are. So. Uh, it also kind of like spits in the face people who said like good Sony when they said Kevin Feige was too busy to yeah. <laughs> work with Spider Man. Yeah, it's like oh by the way oh by the way I'm working oh by the way I'm working on a Star Wars movie oh no uh, big deal. Yeah, it makes me think that Kevin Feige also has he also has Marvel figured out well into the future. Yeah, so I, th- I think he's blueprinted that so far ahead that he can do that. Yeah, and uh, you know speaking of, speaking of Spider Man, going to our last story because I think one of us, if not both of us, called this. It yeah. happened. Spider-Man, that boy's home. He's back. <laughs> he, he's, he was far from home. He's far he's from home. Now, home. He, he's, now home. he's close to home. Now he's home. Yeah. Now, yeah. <laughs> uh, Sony and Marvel have finalized a brand new deal to keep Spider-Man in the MCU. Asterisk. We'll get to that asterisk in a second. Uh, so basically, what? Because what, I don't feel like we don't. We didn't do a proper job reporting why this deal broke down in the first place. So. Uh, what Disney wanted to do was they wanted a 50-50 co-finance and profits on the first on the next Spider-Man movies. Which okay, look look, do I think Disney cuz originally they were getting like 5% of the opening gross of the opening weekend yeah. gross. Which is ridiculous. I will say like do, do I think Disney deserved more? Yes, I do. I absolutely 100% believe they deserved more than what they were getting. Granted they do, they did own the uh, merchandising and home video rights, which kind of made up the difference. But either way, they did deserve a bigger piece of the box office. 50% was a little much, although there had been conflicting reports on whether or not they want 50. Some people say they want 50. Some people want, they say they want 30. Although Rothman, Tom Rothman, who is an absolute dick, <laughs> he's the one responsible for uh, X-Men Origins Wolverine, uh, he wasn't budging on it. So, yeah, deal fell through. And, yeah, we thought that was the end of it. But uh, through through luck, through hope, through vicious negotiating tactics, they got him back. Now, the new deal was that Marvel will now, they will not co-finance the film, which, not sure why Sony didn't want to let them do that. I mean, like, you, there's no way in hell we will let you pay for our film. Yeah, seriously. Pay for half of it. Don't pay for half of it. We we got the whole thing. It's like, yo, they were, like, they were going to give you half the money for the movie. Just like, Either way, it doesn't matter. But they will now receive twenty five percent of the of the gross, which I, th- I think that's a good deal, considering the fact that they do get they do get uh, home video merchandising rights. Yeah, I mean it's smart. I mean it's smart for them. Yeah, so they now have they now have uh, a third Spider-Man movie in the work for twenty twenty one, and he is now contracted for another movie to appear in, and another random MC movie to appear. In. So he will. He'll be in a third Spider-Man movie and something else. So this deal could very well fall through a second time. But uh, we, we'll see. So first of all, I think we both say we're, gl- we're glad that Sony and Marvel Mar- finally came to an agreement. Yeah, I mean, it's, I mean, it's a big name. And especially now that you don't have Avengers you know, moving forward to really move this MCU, you need somebody else who is... You know, recognized around the MCU, and it's Spider-Man. So Spider-Man picks up the helm of this. This is a smart move. This was something that we both talked about. We weren't surprised that you know he came back and they came back to their senses, so to speak. But uh, yeah, it, it's a, it's it's it made sense. Honestly, we knew that this was going to happen, so not surprised. Yeah, because I, I I would not envy the writer that had to write the next Tom Holland Spider-Man movie that had to ignore his last five movies. 
Yeah, I'm just like, yeah, that 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 would suck because there's so much interwoven in those stories that they have to be there. You know what I mean? So it's like, yeah, would not want that guy's job. Yeah. So, but that also brings up the question that that means that we will now get four MCU films in the year 2021. We have, we now have Shang Chi, we have Doctor Strange in the Multiverse of Madness, we have Thor for Love and Thunder, and we have Spider Man. So. Do you do you think that do you think four is too much? I mean, I don't know because here's the thing: we are post Avengers again, so we are setting up the new future. You know what I mean? So obviously, we need to get introduced to the characters that are going to be in the next phase. So I think it's I think it's okay that you can go ahead and do that because you know these are new characters that we don't know yet. So go ahead and rush them in. You know what I mean? Yeah. So I don't see anything wrong with that. I don't think they're spaced out enough to the point where they're not going to be hurting each other. Well, except for except for Doctor Strange and Spider Man because they insist on keeping Spider Man in July, and Doctor Strange comes out in May, which I think is a weird decision. But okay. I mean, but but like how I said, it, it's like you you need to you need to set the next phase up. So yeah, you're going to have to push some of those movies out, and yeah, you may have to have four in a calendar year, but they've done it before and they've had success with it. So yeah, they, they never, they never done four before. Oh, they've never done four. What well, they've for sure done three. Yeah, no, they, they've done, they've done three several times, but this okay. is the first time they've done four. I mean, if anybody's going to make it work, MCU is going to make it work. So I'm not, I'm not too worried about it. I still think they're going to put up good stats and good numbers for them. So, uh, I'm looking forward to the next phase and the next, you know, the continue, like the continuation of a different story to see what's going on. I'm looking forward to it. Yeah, me, me too, 100%. So I'm glad they figured this out. I'm glad to see the next Spider-Man adventure. Which now brings us to the to, uh, movie review. And this is the first installment of our Scarefest series, which we do every October now. And overwhelming demand for this, by the way. Overwhelming demand for this. And I can see why, because this is an interesting movie to talk about. Yeah. And we are, of course, reviewing the 2012... Our topic this year, this month, this week, I'm sorry, was... Uh, horror films of the 2000s. That was the 2010s. Uh-huh. I'm sorry, 2010s. Uh, which you guys overwhelmingly said, Cabin in the Woods. And yeah, like I said, I'd be lying if I said I didn't see why this was, this why you wanted us to talk about this one. No, it makes sense because it is one of those non-traditional type horror films where I remember watching the theater. This was not what the hell I thought was going. This is, I had... I did not dial this up in my head that this was how this was going to go down. You know what I mean? Yeah. Well, it's interesting because so, uh, the, the story of the making of this movie is almost as interesting as the movie itself because this was yeah. this movie is actually shot. It came out in 2012. It was actually shot in 2009. It was shot, okay. It was shot in 2009 with the name release date of 2010. Uh, it, was, it was landing over at MGM, but it was delayed. It was then delayed in 2011 to convert it to 3D, but then it was delayed indefinitely because MGM filed for Chapter 11 ba- bankruptcy. So. Uh, it was sitting on a shelf, and then Lionsgate picked it up. It picked it up with hella good timing too, because it came out. This was post. Uh, this is post Avengers hype, and post yeah. Thor. So Chris Hemsworth, who was in this movie, this one was this would have been his early his early role. Uh, Chris Hemsworth, it really benefited off of having Chris Hemsworth in there early because you know he had it was able to sell it off as something. They were probably so happy that. All that stuff got pushed back at a perfect time to where they could release that. Yeah, like this, and this came out at sell the perfect it on time. him. This came out literally at the perfect time it could have come out at. 
And Joss Whedon produced it, and he's the one that directed Avengers. Joss Whedon, yeah, Joss Whedon produced it and yeah. co-wrote it. Yeah, so I mean, it, so there's a little bit of notoriety there with the name too. Yeah, I think it literally came out like the month before Avengers, if I'm not mistaken. I, th- I don't, I, I don't I, remember. I think this came out April, 2012. It wouldn't surprise me. Let's go ahead and let's go ahead and do a little let's fact go, check go, here. Let's go ahead and Google real quick. Because IMDb has a 2011 release date on it. Yeah, it came out April 2012. Okay, so yeah, literally a month before Avengers. Yeah, well, so yeah, it came out. It came out with like the. Granted, it sucks what happened to MGM. It was what happened to this movie that got delayed so long, but it really kind of benefited it in the end. Yeah, because and and now because of that, this movie is so wide widely known now. It's really crazy how it blew up. Yeah, and same thing. I discovered this movie on Netflix. Like when I actually discovered this, but like I first got Netflix. And oh, wow. yeah, I had no idea when I was, what I was in for, because I had seen nothing yeah. regarding this film. So, like right off the bat, this movie, See, I saw this in the theater. Oh, yeah. You, oh, you did. Okay. I, I, I wanted mm-hmm. this. I after seeing, I'm like, damn, I wish I could have seen this in theaters. But either way, uh, the way this starts off, it starts off in a way you do, already you don't expect. Yeah. You hear that title, "Cabin in the Woods," which, granted, I didn't see a trailer going into this, and I'm glad I did because you go watch that trailer, it was way, way too much. Mm-hmm. I think that's a fumble on the marketing department right there. But it starts off, <laughs> Cabin in the Woods starts off at an office building. Yep. You meet these two. You meet these two guys played by Richard Jenkins and Bradley Whitford, who like they're they're discussing like his well discussing like Bradley Whitford's personal life, discussing the fact that like his, like his girlfriend childproofed the whole house. Yeah. Which that was my first tip off to the fact that Josh Whedon wrote this because I'm a big fan of Josh Whedon's writing. I love Buffy. I love Firefly. I think Dollhouse is a really underrated show. Like it's like with Joss Whedon, you take that you had that aspect where it's like okay, imagine these two characters, imagine the conversation, the exact conversation they'll be having at this moment in time. It's it, it he has that aesthetic to him where it feels like very like natural dialogue to him. Yeah, and it's actually like these two guys are actually based on the the, the co writers Joss Whedon and Drew Goddard. So I think that I think that's an interesting dynamic to them. So it's, they're they're talking about this whole thing is going down tonight. This big like ceremony or big like event happening, you don't know exactly what, but you, you hear about this. This uh, they haven't had a screw up since 1998, which does become relevant later at the end of the film. I understand sort of why later. We'll get to we'll get to that when we get to it. But yeah, yeah like right off the bat, these, these guys these guys are great. I love them. Oh, the banter between Jenkins and 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 Whitford are are great. Yeah, for sure. You you, you love it. Richard Jenkins is great in anything he does. Um, yeah. The banter between them, absolutely, really good way to start off this film. No, it, it absolutely is. It, it's already it's a good way to kind of show that this movie this movie has it's it, it's different. It's very yeah. Different. This this movie's not going to be your typical horror film. Yeah, like that that was the first tip off of that. So we then meet our actual main character of the movie, uh, first of which is Dana. The Dana, I guess she's the main character. Uh, there is what's the blonde girl's name? Jules. Jules. The, uh, Jules. The Jules. Yeah, Jules, played by I can't remember her name. <laughs> That's which which she's the only. I can't is it? Her isn't name. it? Isn't it Anna Hutchinson? That is okay. Yeah, that is Anna Hutchinson. Uh, Jules, you have, you have Kurt, played by Chris Hemsworth. <laughs> Chris Hemsworth before he got in Thor shape, so he's still a little skinnier. <laughs> he's still big though, man. He, yeah, you know he he's he's still he's still in really good he's shape. Not, yeah, he's he's not he's in, not like f- Thor shape though. Yeah, he's not Thor jacked, but he's still he's still bigger. Yeah, this this is this is pre this is pre Thor Jack. Uh, the other guy was it Matt? 
the the black Marty? You talking about the no 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 no, uh, no not that guy the other one Hold, Holden was his Holden buddy. why did why did I think Matt yeah. either way he's played by Jesse Williams who would go on to be on uh, Grey's Anatomy and uh, to be the fantasy of many women around the world and uh, <laughs> and uh, the last one we meet I think the standout character for me absolutely. is Marty played by Franz Kranz who he was Topher on Dollhouse so yeah you yeah, absolutely he's still he still he steals us yeah he absolutely he absolutely still. he's 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 great in this yeah. Film. He's he's the stoner friend, which actually does is relevant to the plot later in the film. We'll get to it. Yeah, he is actually benefited by being a stoner. <laughs> but yeah, I something I like that they establish is the fact that like these characters, like you look at these characters on paper, you think that oh okay this 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 is gonna be this this is gonna be this character this is gonna be this character this is gonna be this character, but no like from like one of the opening scenes like is Chris is Chris, is Kurt talking to the main girl Dana about a philosophy book. I'm just like, wow, this is this is not dialogue I would expect from this character. Because you think he's gonna be the jock that's like the the sporty guy that doesn't know much. All he all he cares about is women, but he actually has an insightful, you know, uh, He has an insightful disposition. Uh, I think that's really that's really interesting. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, and I, I love Marty's entrance because he enters with he's he enters driving smoking a bong. And it's yeah. a bong double as a call has a coffee mug. Which, by the yeah. way, that thing does work as both a bong and a coffee mug. It's 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 absolutely amazing how he like folds it up like an accordion and it looks just like a little coffee cup. It's beautiful. Yeah, that that thing that thing also cost the product department five thousand dollars to make. Wouldn't be surprised. Yeah, <laughs> just the just the dialogue gets like cops will not pull over cops will not pull over a man with a huge bong in his car. You know why? They fear this man. They know he sees more <laughs> than they do, and he will blind and he will bind them with ancient logics. <laughs> yeah, like it's just just like the way like he, he he's kind of like you might be kind of like of a new version of like Jamie Kennedy. Yeah, screen movies. Yeah, yeah, he he's their version of him. Yeah, he is, and, he, and he's he's yeah. great. So, um, so they drive off, and we see that someone's watching them. So yeah, you you can tell like there's this whole like backwards plot going on, this whole thing. Yeah, so they're going off the grid, and I, I like the line that he has right here where he says we're talking about getting off the grid, and it just. Like there's a line that is very much important by the end of the film. He says like society, society, sometimes society, eh, society needs to crumble. We're all just too chicken shit to let it. Yeah, yeah, that's a very important. That's a very important foreshadowing to the end of this movie. Like I said, we'll, we'll circle. And if you, it. and if you pay attention, uh, timestamp around the 13 minute mark, you'll see a bird flying, and then you kind of see it hit almost like a honeycomb. Uh, that's the first. That's the first, like to me, realization that oh, wait, something isn't what it seems. Like what, we have to figure out what's going on. That's like the first minute I think we realize that something's actually going on here. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. So uh, we go. We cut back to Richard Jenkins and uh, Brad Whitford's characters. Uh, they scan into this room with a bunch of monitors, and we meet his. We meet their security guard. His name is Truman, which I do think is. I do think it's a reference to uh, the Truman Show. Yeah. But you know the plot of this movie is it's very it's very it's it's very it's sim- similar. It's super similar to it, yeah. Yeah, and is, okay, is it me or did this guy remind you of Michael B. Jordan? He looked he exactly reminded me of Michael B. Jordan. Now you were definitely not alone. Looked he was like a Aldi's knockoff of Michael B. Jordan. Like I, I would I would say this is I would say like this would be a role that Michael B. Jordan passed on, so they got this guy. But it's shot yeah. it's shot in two thousand nine, so I'm not sure he would have been age appropriate for it. Yeah, I I don't think he would have been no because he he would have been like twenty two at the time and he would have been, I think that was around the time he was on Friday Night Lights, wasn't he? That's right around there because 09's right when Friday Night Lights was still around. Yeah, yeah. so he so he was a little, he was a little skinnier, but like 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 
if it, if it was like Michael B. Jordan in Creed shape, you could have totally played that role. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, so the, they go to the gas station that is apparently in every every horror movie. Absolutely. The abandoned gas station that, that there's nobody else around. Except for that one guy who's always, you know, who's always smoking, always, always or like chewing oh, some always tobacco. Got to- Always got that tobacco in his mouth. Yeah, so chewing it like bubble gum. Given the same dialogue, it's like, oh, you don't want to go up that rod. You got to do that uh, sp- occasional spit out of that brown, <laughs> that brown, that saliva. brown saliva. <laughs> yeah, so they go. So of course, it gives them the, the same dialogue that every every group of teens gets in every horror movie. Don't go up that rod. Not getting there. It's a the problem. It's getting back. It's just like, okay, we real we really doing this. <laughs> but I do like the line where he's just like, well, not nice seeing you. The railroads are going to be coming soon. That's going to be pretty big for you. Streets pay with yeah. actual streets. Yeah. Fucker. Basically, basically making fun of the fact that his customer service is the reason why like, there's nobody here. Yeah. There's, like, he should be glad that, they got, that he has customers and he's being a total asshole to these guys. Yeah, so they, so, uh, they, go, to this, they go to this cabin. This, this is the part where the, the bird you're talking about, where it hits like, this like invisible, yeah. invisible wall type thing. And it almost looks like a honeycomb if you look at the yeah it does. the uh, yeah. So they they get to the cabin which looks eerily similar to the Evil Dead cabin. I was gonna say it looks exactly like the Evil Dead cabin. Yeah, I'm like if if you told me that was the exact same cabin, I'd believe you. Wouldn't be surprised. Yeah, so you know they go in, they go into all, to you know they go into individual rooms, and uh, one of the one of the guys uh, Holden he finds a painting. The painting that I'll be honest, even if I was in that room, I would do the same thing. I would take that painting off. The no, wall. yeah, it's just like really grotesque and and bloody and just yeah. And he sees that there is a two way mirror behind it. What? Yeah, it's it's, <laughs> it's, a, it's a really weird addition. It is for sure. And this is like the one thing that okay, it becomes relevant, but it never really factors in the plot into a major way. It doesn't. That's the thing. They didn't even need to add it. I think they just did that to maybe like it the. Have characters bond moment or something? I don't know. Yeah, characters bond or like for like, yeah. Well, like it becomes semi relevant later in the film, but like this is this is moment I don't think was totally needed. But I'm, 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 no, I, I don't think it's like I don't think it's unnecessary. To the point where it's just like okay, get this out of the movie. Yeah. Yeah. So I got Colton sees and like Jewel, not Jules. Dane is in the other room. He starts undressing. And you're just like he he's the good guy. So he's like okay, yeah. Now I gotta do. I gotta I gotta whistle blow. <laughs> Hold up. Yeah. And he, you can see, you can see like he's debating with himself about it. it's like do I say something do I not but he, but that's the funny part about it though he's being a typical guy because like you and I in that situation would be like well wait a minute uh, should we say something Anybody oh well, no, this is, be like, this oh, is it's getting good but wait yeah then you're nope no no then you're then your conscience comes in you're like you know what she doesn't know and it's kind of weird just to be doing that so I'm gonna go ahead and say hey, listen by the way just a little FYI heads up for you. Yeah, and th- and th- but then the girl, but then the girl has to do the same thing when you know Jesse, Jesse Williams takes off his shirts, and he's all which ripped, he does, all compl- which is so funny because it's it's done so deliberately, like it's it's funny because so they good, literally so just talked about it. <laughs> yeah, it's just like and even even she's debating, she's just like, okay, you want no 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 no, no put the put the pain back up. Yeah, yeah. So uh, we we go on, we get all, all typical all the typical scenes. We get them and we get them in the lake. Meanwhile, while all while they're doing all the typical teen stuff, they are. Yeah, you know, they're 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 being watched by these office guys. The, while while this, you know, while this all this whole thing is going on, they're explaining the ways that you you know that they're controlling this somehow, but it's just the way that they're that they're doing it that I find just I find it to be really interesting. It is for sure. Even yeah, 
because you know like, there's something obviously because, more, like, more than meets the eye you here. You also know that they, you also understand that they're playing this because like they talk about like you know like chemicals they put in the gr- in the girl's hair dye, and like how they've been like like uh, drugging like drugging Marty Stash, and but then they get a call from the from their uh, Mordecai the, their harbinger. Yeah. <laughs> so he calls him, and he goes like this like super intimidating voice message like. You must, you must vanquish the world of all sinners. You, the lambs have been led to slaughter. They are ready and primed to be. I just found in the middle of all this. He's like, "Am I on speakerphone?" It's like, no, that's, yeah, it's it's so rude. I don't know who else is in the room. This, this is one of the, I think the funnier moments in the movie. Yeah, he's like, "No, you're not on speakerphone." Yeah. He's like, "Wait, wait a minute." Oh, yeah, you actually are. Then he's like, "Wait a minute, I'll I'll take like, you I'll off." I'll take you off, but he leaves him on. Yeah, which is really funny. And he keeps going. He's like, "I'm still on speakerphone." Andre. Oh, wait a minute. Yeah. Yeah, it is like, a funny banter between everybody, though. It is fun. Yeah, and like even like even like you you understand these guys are the bad guys, but like they're they're like like you you like these guys. You want you want to hang out with them. Yeah, because they're fun. Like they're not your typical bad guys. Is the, Honestly, is the, thing. The, the whole movie could have been following these two guys, and I think it would have been just as entertaining. Yeah. Yeah. So. Yeah, like we said, they they go they go they go off do all their typical teen stuff. Uh, they go back. They're drinking, and the whole, the whole time, like, while it's going, you see that their people in the office are taking bets. You don't know for what yet, but yeah. it's just like you're just like you're intrigued. What, what's going on? Yeah, they're all placing bets for something to happen, and you don't know what. So you're kind of on edge to be like, how is this tying into our five main characters? So just kind of have to watch. Yeah. So even uh, even Truman is just like Truman's the one. He's the only one in the room not betting. And he's mm-hmm. just because, like, he sees the game as rigged, but like he, like the two, yeah, Woodford and Jang kind of illustrate this point really well. We're just like, like, no, no, no. I mean, we we read the game as much they much we have to, but in the end, the choice is up to them. They have yeah, to they make, make the, the choices choice. of which door to go into or where to go or how to act. We're just we're just actually we're leading them to the water. We're not drinking it for them, type thing, you know. Which which tells me that like it, it also illustrates to me that like the the power of choice, something that Goddard apparently really finds really interesting because. It's a theme yeah. here. It's a really big theme in his latest movie, Bad, Bad Times of the El Royale. Yeah. I think he's like all about the power of choice. So you can really yeah. see like his fascination with that in both, yeah. in both his two films. I find that really interesting. Yeah, choice is definitely there. It's definitely an underlying, uh, you know, theme in that film for sure. Yeah, but like it's it's like it's like Richard Engel says, just like it's like they have to they have to make the decision. Just like you have this harbinger, this old fuck pretty much says like if you go there, you will die. That they have to choose yeah. to ignore him, or else this or else the system doesn't work. Yeah, they could easily have said, you know what, maybe we should take air on the side of caution, just turn around and go somewhere else. Yeah, but they didn't. They chose not to. Yeah, we we get we get the what I'm assuming was the basis for a great Bradley Wood for dancing gif. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah, that's just no word for that. It's just it's just funny. It is. <laughs> and then we get the truth, the truth or dare sequence, which I always thought was odd, but it doesn't was until like a few more viewings I understood it. So Marty dares, uh, Marty dares uh, Jules to make out with a oh, what it was like a tactical. Oh, he he, he called it a um, a moose, a moose, a moose. Yeah, have you ever seen a moose before? Or that mysterious <laughs> piece? It's it's very clearly a wolf. He's so high. His eyes are so glazed over. Yeah. But she yeah. knows that she does it, and she's like, like really into him. Just like, this is this is this is odd, and it didn't it didn't dawn on me. It's just like, oh, it's the it's the chemicals in her hair dye that are making her act this way. But it's but it's it's weird and sexy at the same time. If that's yeah, even possible, it is. It is because like how strangely like she has this. She's making out with this wolf head, 
that has an open mouth and his fangs out. Like she's it's, making out with him and seducing up, him. It's set up to the yeah. point where like you know it's not gonna happen, but it almost yeah. feels like the wolf is gonna come to life and like bite her face and off. just bite her tongue off or something like that as as she's sticking his uh, sticking her tongue in his mouth. It's, yeah, it's framed and scored in like the way that that's gonna happen. But it's shot sexy though. How they even show it. They shoot her legs like walking real sexy, having that little sexy pose. Like it's, it's, it's you know like Michael, I mean? it's like Michael Bay took over as DP for a day, <laughs> just for a second. Just He's for, like, you know what? For the one scene. Yes. Do you have an attractive girl in this film? Yes. Okay. Let, let me, me go ahead and let me do show this you how it's fast. done. Let me show you how it's done. Yeah. This is how you utilize an attractive woman in a film. But anyway, but so, um, yeah, it works though. Yeah. So, but the next scene. So we go to Dan Oates or Dare. Right, as soon as it's going on, the, the cellar door blows open, and uh, Curse just like. The wind must have blown it open. Which okay, how many movies do <laughs> how many movies do we hear? Like oh, it must have been the wind. The, yeah. The, like I, I heard noise. I'm a, it's probably just the wind. Oh, the wind blew open that door. But they yeah, they but call how, that how out. Funny is it? How funny is that though? It's inside. The door opens up. There's no wind like inside. You know what I mean? Like even the movie calls that. Just like the wind yeah. just blown it open. Mario's like that. Ma- okay, and that makes what kind of like what? Yeah. What kind of like what, what kind of bullshit sense does that make? That's so funny. Yeah, like a lot of the times, like very much, Marty going through this whole thing is like the ja- the Jamie Kennedy, the Randy Meeks of this. Randy, movie. yep. Because like he's he's the one kind of sees through the bullshit going on. He's trying to point out the obvious to everybody else who's kind of oblivious to it. Yeah, so they they kind of they dare her to go down, and this is where we see like the room full of artifacts. Now, we later we find out later in the scene that each of these artifacts would lead to would lead to like something there something that the off people are betting on. That's what they're betting on. They're betting on what, yeah. what method they're going to choose to kill them with. And Again, Goddard putting in choice because that's their choosing to go down there and play around with these things. And I think like a really cool thing the, pro- the product department did was they created unique artifacts for every single every single thing they could have been, whether or not they're, whether they're visible or not. Like that's, yeah. that's like crazy attention to detail to me. But you know what the even the other crazier thing is the fact that even if you if you think of it from even like a just the them setting this whole entire thing up to having them, uh, her dyeing her hair and having something in the hair dye to to react with her. Like think of how well planned out all that had to be. You know what I mean? Thinking about all of it. You know what I mean? Yeah, for sure. So, uh, so we come we we go we go down we go down with them and like this whole time is it's building to what they're gonna summon. Everyone's mm-hmm. messing with something different. And it's all it's all about like which one is which one is gonna get picked. Like you see like Chris Hammer pick up a con and he picks up a, a puzzle box. You see uh Holden yeah. messing with some you see Holden messing with a, a music box. You see uh uh-huh. Jewel about to put on a, br- a bride's necklace. You see Marty messing with film strips. I'm very curious what that what that what that would have led to. But what they ultimately <laughs> settle on is this diary by yeah. apparently this family that let, lived there. So it's, it summons these Zombies, or as it's known as, we find out the, the crazy w- Navajo. Yeah, the no, actually no, not the Navajo. The winner is the winner of the of the betting pool is red is zombie redneck torture family, the Buckners. That's right. The yeah torture redneck family. That's right. Yeah. So a really cool like I feel like there's a lot of like good like possible moments in this movie because I mean even look at like just like the board, it's just like all the things all the things on it. You're just like wow like. Like you, you want to see like all the monsters that, that could have been in this movie. 
Yeah, it, it's funny because you see like literally a, a big, huge, you know, uh, whiteboard and all these things written down. And you're like, oh my god, like, they're so specific though. Like I like when Jenkins calls it out. Like the one girl goes, wasn't that the same thing? Yeah, you, see, you, said, you said, said that, that zombies would be... is zombie red and torture family. Comple- completely, yeah. diff- completely different species. It's like elephant, yeah, elephant so seal. We... Yeah, and like it, those, it's like those zombies are pretty yeah. much they're mixtures of the cannibals from Texas Chainsaw and um, and uh, just Wrong zombies term. in general. Like yeah. you look at that board, just like it's like it, there's werewolves, alien beasts, hell lord, uh, angry molesting tree, which again evil dead, deadites again evil dead, giant snake, mummy, the bride, dragon bats, mermans, dolls, doctors. Bradley Whitford's favorite. Oh yeah, mer- merman. We found a, the, sh- the sugar. <laughs> the weird one, the sugar plum fairy, and the, the one that just says Kevin. Like I, I'm very curious how you summon Kevin. <laughs> Is it uh, Kevin McAllister? Oh, though, if, if that was the case, they'd be in trouble. That'd be hilarious. They, he'd rig the he'd rig the rooms. Yeah. Uh, but anyway, yeah, Bradley, Bradley Whitford, he's pissed because it's like he had the conch in his hand. He, it was right there. <laughs> it was right there. All you had to do was do it, man. But right also, there. But you also like these experiments are going on apparently all over the world. Like you see one in Berlin that apparently failed. You see one in, in Ragabond that failed. You see one that's going on yeah. in Japan, uh, in Kyoto, where the girl looks very similar to Samara from the from the ring. I was going to say it looked exactly like Samara from the ring. Yeah. Then you see, like, again, things are going wrong. Once again, I think Michael Bay once again took over as director of photography because Jules is doing yes. dance. <laughs> yeah. Again, they they knew how to shoot. They knew how to shoot Jules really well. I'll say that. And it's funny because, you know, you, you wonder if they did that, obviously, for the male demographic that was going to see this film. Because I know when I saw it, I was like, oh, my God, the same type of reaction I think every other male probably had going to see this film in the theater. Yeah, for sure. So, uh, anyways, uh, Kurt and Jules leave. They go out. But, like, even Marty's just, like, so, like they're, they're, not, they're not acting right. Because, like, Kurt, Kurt's acting like an alpha male, which he doesn't do. We find out that he's apparently on college on an academic scholarship. Yeah, and not a sports scholarship like you think. So I appreciate the fact that they did that too. Yeah, he he sees like he, he thinks like there's like someone like pup, puppeteering them. <laughs> like I like something like puppeteers like pop tarts. You say yeah, pop tarts. Because <laughs> he's so hungry, because he's stoned. Yeah, and then we just uh, and, and then you get like the line like we are not who we are, which is which is a line lifted lifted straight out of X Files. Yeah. Yeah, lifted from like the I think the first season. But uh, you also take a sign because like building chemistry between Holden and Dana, which the two of them, two of them have have a nice chemistry. I mean, we don't get a whole lot of them. Yeah, but you see that they're Holden's not your typical male chauvinist or yeah. pig that was just trying. You know what I mean? Wears, I appreciate the glasses. fact that he was written that way. He wears glasses. Yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> and uh, yeah, but I, do you buy him as a college student? Because like I look at that guy, I'm like, okay, you're clearly twenty. You're clearly twenty nine. I was gonna say he looks way older than a college student. He, like he looks, th- you may be studying to be a doctor. Yeah, he, he looks the oldest out of any of them. Yeah, I think so too. Yeah, yeah. So <laughs> what's funny is like like Dana and Kurt, not Dana, uh, Jules and Kurt are going about to get they're about to get it on the woods. Meanwhile, this whole yeah. room is watching them. It's hilarious too because then it's like, but then I love the back and forth with Jules saying, "Oh, I don't I don't want to do it here or whatever. It's it's too dark or whatever." No, it's just like it's just like it, I'm cold. Or I'm cold. He says like I'm cold. Yeah. the whole office go ah. It's like cue up the cue up the the lights and the heat up a little bit. It's so crazy how they control that stuff. Yeah. So so then then they then they all got to go do their jobs again. 
So yep. they, they apparently have temperature control, which this whole environment is like the like the Hunger Games arena. It's like a giant biodome. It is. So yeah. uh, they also start to pump in pheromones, which does it's like this whole movie is pretty much like a deconstruction about like horror movies and why they are the way they are. Just like why they yeah. have the same five archetypes all the time. Why do they always go up in the same locations? Why is there always fog everywhere for no reason? Yeah. Yeah, so... Uh, Dan it and Kirk, does make fun of that, which I like. Yeah, the, 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 the fog thing I thought was really funny. So Dan and Kirk, they start, they start, they start going, they start getting it on, and as soon as, as, soon as they, start, they start to get going, uh, Dana gets stabbed through the hand really out of nowhere. <laughs> yeah, it was so not expected. You're like, dude, was somebody really that close? <laughs> I'm just like, you, you were not, you were, they were that close and you didn't feel it? Yeah, you didn't even look over and say, "Hey, by the way." <laughs> it's like, uh, like, oh, who was yeah. that? But yeah, oh, uh, yeah, uh, yeah. Hems, uh, Kirk get the piss beat out of him, uh, and there, there's a re- like they can easily kill him right now. But there's a reason they don't. They get they get to it later. But he does yeah. get he does get like shivved in the back, which is a very recurring thing in this movie. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> which and they have like a, a the lead the lead uh, redneck zombie, which he does like the Michael Myers head tilt. I thought that was like nice little nod. You know, you know, you know what I'm talking yeah, about? Yeah, it was a little homage to it. Yeah, so uh, they pretty much they get Dana in a bear trap, and she she gets like brutally murdered. Like she has the most savage one out of them. Yeah, because like she like they well maybe I I, I would argue well, with another one later, but we'll get to it. But no, yeah. no, actually no, she she does the most savage because like she gets like she gets it, he gets her head hacked off with a saw, not even like like a new saw, just like one of those like old timey like two that old saws. rusty yeah. Like oh that must that must have hurt, but. Yeah, and you know that wasn't a clean cut. Yeah, so like, it, it, cut, it cuts away, and we see like them pull this lever, and it, it pull this lever releases some, like some kind of red liquid, and like it, it pours down this like sculpt, and it, it does a good job of building up intrigue. It's like what what's going on? Yeah, you know, there's a reason for each. Well, you'll later on see. All, well, as you see it, it'll it'll make sense. But yeah, you see, and you're kind of like how you said you're intrigued by what's going on. Like what. What does this do? Yeah, so you so you cut back to Marty, who's in his room. He pretty sure, he's sure he hears voices. Like we said, he's the only one that understands. The only one that senses something like something off is not something something off is going on. Yeah, he's not falling. He's just like he's just like you're not like the kids don't take a walk. He's like you're not gonna tell me what to do. I'm gonna go take a walk. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, he goes out to take a walk, and I love the framing of this shot. Because the whole time it's just like a still, it's just like a still shot of him. He's he's center frame, and this whole time you see like something walking behind him. Yeah, and it's it's it, it, it's in and out because he's wearing she's wearing white. I think the color scheme of this is just, is brilliant. So like she walks a little bit and then she goes into shadow. She walks a little bit, goes into shadow. She's right behind him. She Hemsworth just come just come at, just come into frame, and like yeah. I need to go. And I think the, the fun I think this is like the funniest zombie thing I've ever seen because Hemsworth all he does he clotheslines her. He like he hits it hard, hard. Yeah. Uh, but anyway, so like, uh, he he, he gets uh, Marty. He goes back in the house. Uh, he tells him what's happened. They open the door, and then it's uh, the it's, it's the big fucker. <laughs> this is a fucked up shit. The he has something. He tosses it to Dana, who for some reason decides to catch it, and it's it's Jules's head. Yeah. I mean, like, why would you catch anything that guy throws you? Seriously, you know it can't be good. Yeah. Uh, but anyway, so they they lock all the doors, lock all the windows, and they're like, "Okay, we need to stick together. 
<laughs> I love the reaction of the of the of uh, Jenkins. Just like fuck. All right, you know what? Okay, you know what? We we have the solution for this. So like, you understand that they have like these gases they pump in that yeah. make them make that make them make stupid decisions. That <laughs> stupid decisions you see in every horror movie. It's just like absolutely. We should split up, cover more ground. And Marty's just like, what? Yeah. <laughs> what sense? What sense does that make? But then I like how the other guy, I think Holden was like, yeah, we should yeah, yeah we should idea. split up, cover more ground or whatever. He agrees with them. Yeah, so uh, so uh, Marty goes back into his room and they all get locked in, but he finds that there is a there is a there's a wire with a camera in his lamp. And yeah. I was, I was lying, I was like, Oh my god, I'm on a reality T V show. My parents are gonna be so proud or my, <laughs> my parents, parents are never gonna, gonna believe so, it. My parents yeah. are gonna think I'm such a burnout. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, so he he has to he gets pulled out of the window by one of the zombies, and the only weapon he has is his bong mug, <laughs> which is funny. He pops that shit out like it's a lightsaber. Seriously, he was like, yeah. and yeah, it, it pretty much it doesn't it doesn't do shit. So uh, he go he go he goes he tries to run away, but he gets he gets like shivved in the back. Yeah, so you. Pretty much think he's yeah he's like he's, he's pretty much toast. He's toast because it looks painful. It does, and you just you get the feel of the way the movie's setting up that he that he's dead too now. Yeah, so like he he drags him under, he dies. So they pull they pull the thing. Another you know another lining is lined up, or another outline is lined up. But this yeah. time you feel like a, a rumble in the ground. Yeah, and there, but and there's and there again there's no, nothing is movies nothing is movies trivial. Everything comes back in a way, and that comes back to it. We'll get we'll get to it when we get to it. Yeah, it all comes full circle. Yeah, so uh, they try they try to get Dana they try to get Dana uh, through the window, but this is where the, this is where the two way mirror comes in. So they break the glass. Uh, Holden has to break the glass to get her out. Uh, so they get they go and they go into the basement, where this is apparently the room where the lead redneck torture torture zombie uh, yeah. murdered all his people. Yeah. So uh, in a really really vicious vicious way, like. <laughs> Uh, Holden gets a bear trap stuck in his back. Because why not? Because why not? So they, though, uh, Dana ends up killing one of the zombies. And I killed one of the zombies with a knife. The thing, the thing I call bullshit on the fact that Holden just gets up like it's nothing. Like, dude, you have a, you had a bear trap in your back. <laughs> you're yeah, not you're not gonna just casually walk away from that. Yeah, but is, uh, and another like a really smart twist. She kills it with like a knife. And like you know, in horror movies, where like they kill like something, something with a weapon, and they drop that weapon, and never use it again. Well, this time, yeah, the people, the people downstairs send shock. they send a shockwave on the knife, which causes yeah, to drop it. Up. Yeah, so I'm like, that's that's really that's really smart. So they get they go in, they get <laughs> they get in the RV, which by the way, you you know there's a zombie back there, but and they're driving for a while. Which means it was very nice of the zombie to just wait patiently. Yeah, he's like, you know what? I'm just gonna just I'm gonna uh, wait for them. I'm just gonna cruise. Yeah. Uh, we also find out that the kids in Japan also uh, beat the ring girl somehow. Yeah, much to the chagrin of uh, Richard Jenkins. Uh, Richard Jenkins's character because they what they put his spear into a frog into a or frog. whatever. Yeah. And he's, and he's just like, "Fuck you, fuck you, <laughs> I fuck love, you." I love it. I love he's flicking off the ca- he's flicking off the TV to each each of the, uh, yeah. the little Chinese girls. Yeah, but we Hilarious. see we see that these ceremonies around the world are failing, like Madrid, Stockholm, Buenos Aires, like they are. We pretty much find out that these guys are the last hope. Yeah, so they need this to work out. So or else we don't we don't know for what, but like 
yeah, they, they need this to work. So they're driving, and it turns out the tunnel that was supposed to blow up and uh, and keep keep them there has, in fact, not been blown up. It has not been blown up. It's still open, so they need to go and need, they need to get it blown before they get away. Yeah. Uh, so they man they managed to do that, <laughs> and it's lucky it's lucky they got out because 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 like you know if if they, the tunnel caved in with them still inside it, boom, we're done we're done right there we finished. It's like oh uh, okay well this is over. Yeah. So uh, the the tunnel the tunnel ends up blowing. They get out. So the only way to get across is to uh, jump Springfield Gorge. Apparently. <laughs> yeah. It's pretty much what this thing is. So Hemsworth has to get on a dirt bike. And jump across this thing, which it I mean look, I see I've seen dumber stunts. Like it's like we said, I saw the point break remake. We've, yeah. we've definitely seen dumber stunts attempted in movies. So yeah, so he's he says he's gonna come he says he's gonna come back. Uh he jumps, you think he's gonna make well, you know you don't think, you know he's not gonna make it. <laughs> well, what was I saying? You think there's a shot. You think there's potential. A shot. Right. <laughs> oh, man, they man, the way they did they did that they did this man wrong because the way Boy. he goes up. He just Jeez. like smacks on that shit like he's a bird, dude. It is funny though because you think he's like totally gonna motocross this thing, and yeah. he smacks into that thing and just slides down. Yeah, it's 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 funnier than it should be. He is kind of yeah. fucked up, but yeah. So uh, he so he go so yeah. We find out they go back they go back to the RV. They like, you know, we're just, we're just gonna drive until we get somewhere. As soon as that, uh, as soon as he says that, we're just like, "You're all, you're all I got. We gotta stick together." He gets stabbed in the neck it, it, in a very similar fashion as Kevin Bacon's character in Friday the Thirteenth. Yeah, that's that's what I thought when I saw the scene. The RV, yeah. the RV crashes into the lake, and yeah, it, pretty much Dana's the only one left. And yeah, we come back to the office and they're celebrating, which is funny because you hear, you hear that like all this like celebratory music, like they're they're partying. They're having a good time. Meanwhile, all this horrific shit's going on. They're jamming, a, they're jamming REO uh, Speedwagon. Uh, speedwagon. Uh, roll, uh, uh, roll with the changes. Yeah. Or, yeah. We find out that the job's pretty much done just because, like, well, the the, the Virgin, it, the Virgin death is optional so long as she's last. Yeah. She has to be the last one, the last one to survive. And she has to suffer. Mm-hmm. So we find out that the reason, the reason the bridge didn't blow is that... Uh, they get there. They didn't get. They, there was a glitch in the system uh, from upstairs, and so we've. we've and like that's. It does. It doesn't make any sense to you. So they got to call on this red phone, and it's red. So you mean. So you know it's bad. You know it's. Yeah, a bad it's, time. it's just a bad phone. Yeah. So uh, they. Bradley went for answer. He's just and like you know you know something you know something's wrong. You know something didn't go right, and lo and behold, it turns out Marty survived. What? Not sure how you survive a garden shear to the back, but okay. Um, so yeah, uh, we found out that he dismembered the zombie and he found this elevator type thing. So uh, he, he finds out that he can make a gun. He figures out basically it's someone sent these things to kill them. And the reason he's the, the, reason he's the only one that figures out because they, the, the stash he was smoking from wasn't tampered with by, by the people from downstairs. So, yeah. So he, it was immunizing him to everything they're pumping into the room, which is hilarious. That just it's just so funny that he's the character that that yeah. It's just funny how that all works out. Yeah. It's also like inadvertently like the biggest advocate for marijuana use ever. Yeah. Seriously. You Especially want, nowadays, like it's legal in so want, many states now. So. You don't want to die in a horror movie? Smoke some smoke weed. Smoke you'll weed. You'll be fine. <laughs> you'll be you'll be fine. Yeah. So they get they get it to go. So they get it to go down. 
and they get face to face with all with all these things, and then you realize these are all things that, like the the, the prop, you get to see like all these monsters the prop room would have led to. Like you see a werewolf, you see a little girl with like three rows of teeth for a face, which I'm assuming is the Sugar Plum Fairy. That's what I would. That's what I was guessing. It's, it's a very Guillermo Toro inspired Sugar Plum Fairy. And uh, you also see uh, what is the Hell Lord, or uh, the Hell Lord, or the uh, I think he's called like Fornicus. He's credited as Fornicus, Master of Bondage and Pain. But You're talking about the guy with the saw in his head or yeah, something? It looks he, like yeah, the Hell the Hellraiser yeah. homage. Yeah, Hellraiser. Yeah, yeah. The, the puzzle the puzzle box would have led to him coming to kill him. So uh, they they get they go in. You see like all you see like all these cubes, which is funny because like if you look, people pointed out. Uh, there's some Left for Dead characters in there's Left for Dead zombies in those cubes, which is the reason because like there was supposed to be a Left for Dead tie, a Left for Dead tie-in with this game, but when MGM yeah. went bankrupt, that whole deal fell through. But they still had to fill the cube, so they kept them in there anyways. But like you, you, you see like all these move, all these like things in there. Like you see, like you, you see the blob, you see a plant, you see a sexy witch. <laughs> yeah, it's like that that ghost or whatever too. Yeah, you already like, said the ghost. Oh no, I didn't say the ghost, but like that's that's no yeah. thirteen ghosts. So they get in there. So they get in there, and they get into this control room where they see a giant red button that says "System Purge." Yeah. Which, like, you don't know what that means, but they press it, and uh, what that leads uh, to, oh, oh shit, is one of the one of the best climaxes I've ever seen in a horror film, like ever. It's a combination of holy shit, is what it is. Like tw- twenty twelve, I think, was the year for like great climaxes. I think this is this was no exception. So basically, what yeah. this button does, it releases. It literally releases. Every monster they have, like all of like all of it, you see, like, and it's it's like a great like this is a great like one of the most puzzle movies I've ever seen because like you want to see everything going on like you see you see a ghost you see you see a giant snake you see a werewolf you see yeah you see everything you it's see like a tree you, you're like overloaded with like your senses are overload yeah like it's 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 crazy like it's 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 go- it's gory it's fun like just the creativity of these scenes. It's, yeah, it's like the scale of this just massive. It's it's awesome. The, the Which again, you know, fat, or, uh, rewinding it back to you know seeing this in a theater. Like, keep in mind, like I had no idea like to expect this. I'm like, holy shit! Like you watch this, you're thinking cabin in the woods. Okay, they're gonna be in a cabin, some kind of killer, blah blah blah. You know what I mean? Yeah. And then you get this. It's like everything you know. Put it into a blender. We're gonna put that thing on high and just have a good time with it. And that's exactly what this film did. It wasn't anything you thought. Like going into seeing this in the theater. Was not what I expected at all. Yeah, you see, you see the, you see a monster. You see a monster alien. You see a reaver from Joss Whedon's Firefly. You see the strangers from Strangers, or at least people yep. who look like them, like the Purge or whatever. Almost, yeah. Yeah, like it's, it's, it's crazy. Like even like like everything is, everything going on in the background. Like you see like a foot looks like a Jurassic like a Jurassic Park type of shot. I think. Yep. I think that's Reptilicus, the the reptile monster. You see a vampire. Like it's 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 just this climax is fantastic. Yeah, yeah. Like you see, you see like a clown, which is very much like like Pennywise. Pennywise, yeah. You, you see a unicorn get a really awesome kill. Yeah, yeah. and it was funny because like we're we're in a world you ever gonna find a unicorn killing somebody? It's so awesome. Like you, you got to feel bad for that guy. <laughs> like, He's that guy. He's the guy that got killed by a unicorn forever. Every, everything, remember everything that could have killed you in this movie, you get killed uni- by a unicorn. You get unicorn. That's, that's Brad, a, Bradley Whitford though is funny though too coming up. That's some fucked up shit. Yeah, we'll yeah, we'll get to that in a second. Yeah. He's you see, like, shit's going down there in their control room. Uh Truman's getting murdered by scarecrows. Uh-huh. And uh yeah, he blow he blows it up, sending Bradley over flying across the room. 
and you see something looking towards him, and it's a merman. <laughs> it's a merman. He gets killed. He's wanting to see it so damn bad. It's so funny how I this mean, comes like, full that's, circle. That's some great dramatic irony right there. The one thing he always wanted to see is the thing that ends up killing him. Yeah, it's it's beautiful. Yeah, we see the the girl who's been there the entire time gets taken by a tentacle, and uh, mm-hmm. Richard Jenkins gets killed. He gets killed semi unceremoniously, but like his death is actually really really good. Like he gets killed. Dana accidentally runs into him with a garden shear. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And like his last words to her is kill him because he because he knows what will happen if if he survives. Yeah. So we go, we go to this room. You see like all these like all these drawings. And you understand that this is them. Yeah. And the whole time, and by the way, they're being talked to by the person upstairs who is, we also get a message from them earlier in the movie. And it's a voice you semi-recognize. They're trying to figure Could this out. Be? And the person who comes in, the person, the person upstairs, it's Sigourney it? Weaver. It's Dana Barrett, Ellen, Ellen Ripley herself, man. It's so great. It's, it's such a great cast. Like, I think there are, there are five people who you could have put in that role and it would have been really satisfying. It's Jamie Lee Curtis, Nev Campbell. Yeah. Heather Langenkamp, Linda Hamilton, and Sigourney Weaver. Yeah, perfect. Though. And I'm so glad they got Sigourney Weaver. And she like, which is yeah. funny because she played a very similar role in this that she did in Paul the year earlier. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So we find out this is all part of a ritual to please the god. They have they have five they have five types of people they need to kill every year. They have the they have the whore, the athlete, the scholar, the fool, which is Marty. And the Virgin, which they realize Dan, Dan is not a virgin, but they're just like, yeah, we, we work with what we got. <laughs> yeah, like, I, I, like we, we have to improvise, you know? Yeah, so, like, like I said, like the, the Virgin's death is optional, but it has to be the last. Yeah. Which means, like, she, which means, like, Marty, ha- which means, like, Marty has to die. Yeah. And if, and if they don't, then the gods will rise up and destroy mankind. So, uh, yeah, so there's a second word where you think Dana is about to kill... Or she's about to kill Marty. But right when that's about to happen, the werewolf, very quietly, I might add, sneaks up on Dana and just, like, rips the shit out of her. Yeah, she definitely gets clawed pretty good. Yeah, and then uh, Marty fights Sigourney Weaver. <laughs> she... <laughs> and before, like... Of course. The way, the way she dies is really cool, though, because, like, it, it's, it's, it's uh, the, little, the little zombie. She comes in, and she just, like, machetes Sigourney in the head, and they just both go tumbling over because doesn't uh, Marty like sweep them off with his foot or whatever? I think. Yeah. Off the off the side. Yeah. yeah. So, the, the very last scene of the two of them just sitting, they're smoking, they're smoking a joint, waiting for the gods to rise. Yeah. They're about to destroy the earth. <laughs> like, like the line was like, you know what? I don't even think Kurt has a cousin. Huh. Okay. <laughs> and yeah, man. Like I said, like the whole like line at the end, where like the beginning, where like society needs to crumble. We just need, we just need to let it. Yeah. Comes back here, just like time to give someone else a chance. And the very last scene is a giant hand raising up and just beginning to destroy the earth. Yeah. So, yeah, and that's the end of the movie. Now, I'll admit, the first time I saw this movie, I didn't understand it. Like, I was like, what was the point of all this? The, go- the gods? What? <laughs> this, this is dumb. It wasn't until later where I really understood what the movie was going for. This whole movie is a loving hate letter to the horror genre. Yeah, and it's funny because I remember seeing it and I was just kind of being like, eh. And it's, it's funny, upon rewatching it, because I've seen it like three or four times since, um, rewatching it, you have a deeper appreciation for it. The first time, I don't think I was ready for it. You know what I mean? You got to keep in mind, again, I was, uh, let's see, I was like 29, but still, I, I, I just, I remember I was 28, 29 when it came out. And I just wasn't, 
I don't know. I just I don't think I understood what it was trying to do. You know what I mean? I didn't either. I was I was like thirteen. I was like yeah. No, I was like fourteen, fifteen when I first watched it for the first time. But yeah. like yeah, like seeing all these things, like it's it's a it deconstructs horror movies down to their bone and doing like why like why do these things happen? Why do these things the way that they are? Now yeah. the whole snafu in ninety eight. That's a, that's a reference to the nineteen ninety eight from the faculty. That movie yeah. has the exact same five archetypes, except none of them die. And they said it was a slip on the chem department, and they are beaten due to like, due to like chemistry. They beat, wait, they beat wait, the with t- chemistry. Which let me tell you, uh, Faculty is probably one of my like like guilty pleasures. Love I, that film. I like the Faculty. The Faculty is pretty Love good. it. I think it's a super underrated film. But yeah, yeah, that was the whole reference to Snafu '98, and like I'm yeah. like, what? Like the gods? What are those? And I realized the gods, those they're the audience. Yeah. And like we like we like we demand a certain thing in every horror movie. As long as we get them, yeah. we're fine. But yeah. I think this this whole movie is a metaphor of kind of like wiping the horror slate clean and making way for new ideas, which is what which the horror is, genre needed at the time. Yeah, and it, it really did, you know, absolutely. And we and we really got those new ideas. I mean, like look at everything like Blumhouse is doing or James Wan or look at like what Jordan Peele is doing. Like, yeah, you got, I could even like you know It Follows and just other films like that that like took the horror genre and put a different spin on it, made it something completely different. Even uh, films like Hereditary and Midsummer and. Other films like that don't breathe, you know. Yeah, for I think, sure. I think this was a this is a really great way to kind of just deconstruct the horror genre and just say like, yeah. you know, we, we we need to be not be afraid to try new things. Maybe the audience won't like it, but give give it time and they they will adjust and they will get used to it. And it, clearly, we have because these movies are doing well. Yeah, and it's it, it's it's also saying you know we can't do the cookie cutter mold that you want all the time. You're Freddy Krueger, you're Jason, you're you know all all the different sorts of. Uh, you know the films that you get all the time. You know what I mean. You got to. We got to make it different. Yeah. So, I mean, overall, I love this movie. This is one of. Yeah, my, I enjoyed it. I, I really do. This is one of my all-time favorite horror films. One of my all-time favorite films, just in general. I think. I think it's a great, well-made film. Uh, made me a big fan of Drew Goddard. It also made me look at horror movies in like a much different light for for good for good reason. And yeah, I think it's a movie more people need to watch because it's it's fantastic. And the last like thirty minutes alone is worth it. Absolutely. And I think it's something that it's, I feel like it's something that got more of a, I would also, I would like call it like a cult following almost. I would if, agree. If that's, if that's safe to say that, I think. Um, because it didn't do, it was very underwhelming at box office. I don't think it made a whole lot of money when it came out. Because um, nobody, because again, nobody knew what it like nobody knew who these people were. Nobody knew what it was, you know? Yeah, it didn't. It didn't do too, too well. It was like 65 million on, 60, 66 million off a $30 million budget. I mean, it's profitable, but not not the numbers I think that they would want. Like, if this movie was released now, you yeah, know what I mean. But yeah, I think it's a I think this is a great movie, a great way to kick off Scarefest this year. Yeah, I was really excited about it. I I was I didn't think we were going to get that over overloaded with the votes for this. Believe it or not, I thought it was going to be a little bit closer. Um, but uh, nonetheless, though, pleasantly surprised with the pick. Uh, there could have been you know worse movies to watch, and it was always good to revisit this film. Yeah, all right. So that's going to do it for us. Uh, well, I mean, I would say, Russ, if you have any plugs, but we, got, we have the same plug. So why don't you plug our YouTube channel? Yeah, um, yeah, our, our YouTube channel, uh, my old YouTube channel, it is now uh, ours. It's Notorious by Chance on YouTube. Uh, join Chance and I as a companion piece for this podcast. We review all new releases. Um, we just put up Brittany Runs a Marathon, and we put out uh, Joker. That was the other one. We put Joker out. So those are two, those are two, ones, two new releases that are out. Um, and we got a bunch more coming your way. Uh, really excited the direction of this and see where we're going to take this as a companion piece for the podcast. So if you haven't subscribed to it, absolutely subscribe to it. 
You can find me on Twitter, Instagram, Chance Wars underscore 91. Check out the Schmodown, Schmodown Live Orlando. We have only 80 tickets out from doing the golden ticket draw, so please buy your ticket to that. And uh, also, let's see what else I should plug. Oh, uh, join our Facebook groups where we get all first alerts on every on any and everything we do. And, uh, yeah, join us back next week where, uh, well, we had a good week this week, so we got to balance it out. Next week we are looking <laughs> at the Stephen King miniseries. That's going to be fun. This should be really not exciting. Looking forward to reviewing crap. Yeah, so until that day comes, uh, that's Russell. I'm Chance, and we will see you. We're happy to be back, and we will see you next time.